Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 23. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Gucci. What's up? And we got Yard Sale. Hello, my friends. And no fence post. Hmm. Hmm. What happened? I'll tell you about it. Is your music? <laughs> How about a toilet flush? All right, you guys. First things first, let's give a very special thank you to everyone that downloads streams and listens to our podcast. We certainly thank you guys very, very much. And, uh, you know, where's Scott? Well, you heard Gucci talk about the toilet flush. Yeah. (laughs) I think his uh, Helihead's career was the uh, flushing toilet this week. Uh, did, he, did he just quit this week? He rage or, quit. Uh, what was it? Do you know? I do. Well, uh, actually, I have it right here. I have. I quit my job. Letter of resignation? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was right that here. professional. So, he says, and I quote, I have a new job. I won't make it to the show tonight because I'm working a new corner. It's 69th in Maine. That's what I have. Mm. Well, <laughs> first we have to address the, the major problem here. Okay. And that is that he mailed you a paper letter. Well, he's old school, you know. This is 2020. <laughs> we have Facebook Messenger. <laughs> we also have text messages and at the very least an email. <laughs> so at the Heliheadshow Show at G- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or or was it his turn to go down the river, take a trip down the river, floating down the river? <laughs> no, the river's dried up. It's too hot for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Wow. We yeah, will miss think, you, buddy. I think he's upset. I think he's upset that uh you know Kevin scared him. He he dropped out of the competition. He came up with an excuse for that. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think he's running scared. Hmm. Well, if this That's corner sad. thing is true. I guarantee you he won't be, uh, you know, standing in the wind. <laughs> Otherwise, you might hear a strong whoo. <laughs> this, this episode on Street Life. Is that a Life. butthurt joke? <laughs> <laughs> That's a butthurt joke, ain't it? Uh, I don't think he's going to miss another episode ever again. Oh, man. Poor guy. <laughs> no, he, uh, he did get a new job. Uh, he's working for a different company now, but... Uh, He's pulling double time. He's actually having to kind of help out the old company finish up some uh, work that he was uh, exclusively doing himself. And so basically they didn't have anybody in-house to, uh, you know, help finish that out before he quit. So he's, yeah, he's working two so jobs. He's, he's still working at the job he quit. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I needs swear. I he... haven't talked to him about what quitting means. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks is two weeks, bro. He he is the nicest person I ever met. I'm like, telling you. I mean, he, he says I quit, and then he comes right back the next day. You know, he just right. puts in the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. no, he's he's super nice. I mean, let's be honest. You know how many of us would do that? Probably not too many, to be Ooh, to I don't be think fair. I would. I mean, no, mm-hmm. I we would. We would do it. But I wouldn't be I happy would? about it. Mike wouldn't. No, he's a dick. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well yep. we'll miss you buddy 
But uh, let's get this thing rolling. Gucci, tell us about your your week. Literally, it's, it is a week. Let me go ahead and explain that, too. Um, yep. <laughs> because of fact that this coming weekend uh, is three different events right here on the East Coast, uh, there was no way for us to record the show uh, you know, on its scheduled thurs- Thursday night that we normally do. So basically, we decided to go ahead and do this a week early just for you guys. And, uh, you know, otherwise we would have had to just forego the show altogether. And uh, we didn't want to do that, did we? So we figured we would uh, squeeze in a show a week later. But um, so that's going to affect, obviously, our news and our weeks and things like that. But never fear. We have an amazing guest for you tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to cover some pretty cool stuff. So, Gucci, take it away, buddy. Well, so only one week. And unfortunately, no flying for me. But I did kind of work on some projects. You know, I started working on the the Drake Nitro. Mm. So, uh, that I got from Mike. Uh, Working on uh, just making sure everything is good. Um, Just making everything Gucci. So... (laughs) I did hit the the first, I guess, issue with it was I'm trying to use an F3C Hattori pipe on the motor. Mm. It's going to have a 91 SRS. One thing that did not take into account is that a lot of the F3C pipes are really made, um, I guess, the standoff distance from the motor to where the actual can sits. It's actually a little bit less than a normal 3D pipe, per se. So... I put it on the motor and I realized I have less than five millimeter space between the can of the muffler and the, the uh, fuel tank. Oh, wow. So, taunt, taunt, problem number one. Um, nevertheless, Todd Dudek said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll make you a spacer. So, he's going to be ma- he's gonna make me a 91 SRS spacer for the exhaust that's going to go between the exhaust and the Hattori mount. Um, and it's going to be about 10 extra millimeters that should put me back in the range of about 15, 14, 15 millimeters distance. So nice. save down one. And the other thing that I did was I finally, with the help of Scott Graham, our, uh, co-host, uh, fence post, I was able to get my hands from a main hobbies on a dampened V3 mount for the fly unit on the Kraken electric. Awesome. So Put that on there. I haven't tried it yet. Hopefully, that takes care of some of those anomalies that I was seeing as far as in hover not being happy, so to speak. So, I'm going to give that a try. And that's about it. You know, just working on the Drake Nitro, making it Gucci. And um, hopefully, i taken care of the issues on the Kraken Electric. So, right. cool. Let, let me just nice. say this. The 91 SRS I picked up for the Drake Nitro, it was used. It looks in okay condition, $125. Boom. You know, can't beat that. Thank you for uh, for that deal. It was definitely uh, worth my time, and hopefully it actually runs fine. And it was from, I think you've probably seen the name of some of the posts on the groups uh, from Nick Yuri. Hmm, yeah. Um, I think he's out of New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. So... Definitely, I'm excited about that. He was all like, hey, "Let me know if you, you know, how it works." Because he literally got that motor on a T-Rex 700 that he bought, and then he runs OS. So he was like, "I'm just gonna get rid of it." So he didn't even start it. He just replaced the rear bearing and then shipped it to me. So wow, 
holding my fingers to you know cross that it's going to be a, a good motor we'll see here soon probably next week nice nice very cool yep that's it i got not uh, flying wise i got nothing so mike nice. do you have anything so before i get started um i actually just want to give a second here to uh, our buddy scott he actually just stopped over just walked in he wants to talk about his week real quick so <laughs> <laughs> thanks scott thanks for stopping by yeah so thanks, yeah he's he sounds like he's having a good time it's windy where he's at apparently hmm. for a good time i had to chug half a beer to make that happen you guys are in for a treat all right, no, back to back to uh, the game plan here. So last week I talked about trying to get the Protoss Nitro built. And I did end up pulling it off. It did take me till 3.30 in the morning, Saturday night, or I guess that would be Sunday morning, technically, to get it done to test fly on Sunday morning. So <laughs> uh, I went from building the helicopter, finishing it up at 3.30 in the morning to driving out to the field at probably about i don't know 10 10 30 something like that to give it its first maiden flight so fully built and maiden within 24 hours i think that's pretty good wow pretty good time frame there uh i did fly it that thing is an amazing helicopter i mean it's super 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 light exactly what i was looking for as far as like floaty disc loading feel mm. Uh, I'm, I couldn't be happier with that thing. There's a couple quirks uh, that I kind of want to work out, and my buddy Kenny Hutton has been kind of giving me the lowdown on some stuff. And he's been making a couple mods himself, uh, like the tail push rod. Um, he made a little piece to go in there, and uh, we'll kind of dig into that stuff a little bit later. But Nice. So, so it's helicopter your, uh, overall. So is, it's like your, your Nitro Bay? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I put it this way. I took I took the Spectres out there. Oh. I charged two 12S packs for the Spectres, and I was kind of disappointed that I had to fly them down. I was, like, not <laughs> wanting to fly the electric at all. Nice. Uh, I flew a little more than a gallon through it. Nice. Got wow. a nice uh, nice first day on it, so it's it's flying really well. So That's like, that's like three flights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's got a pretty big tank doesn't it uh it's not quite as big as uh i have the the nitro dfc tank in my 700 xn which is a little bit bigger it's a little bit wider mm -hmm. um but this one it's it doesn't do too bad i'm getting probably probably about five and a half minutes out of it and i'm still a little bit on the rich side hmm. um i didn't rebuild the motor since i pulled it out of the the goblin because it was just rebuilt before it went in the Goblin and didn't have too much flights on it, but um, I turned the needles back to factory settings because I didn't know if I'd knocked them around during the, the transplant. So I uh, went back to the factory needle settings and was tuning it in. I got it pretty close, but I'm staying a little bit on the rich side for a little bit just to make sure uh, everything's going to be good. Um, as far as uh, the model itself, and then we'll start leaning it out and putting the coals to it but uh, i mean i to be honest with you with as light as it is and the disc loading it has i don't 
think that it needs much much more than what I'm giving it right now. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh. So you're doing deal. it if you lean it is just for the flight time. Right. Yeah. I mean, it At wouldn't be point. doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing it for the power. Probably just to save a little bit on the fuel. Yep. Um, the reason why I want to leave it rich is because you get a little bit more vibration out of it when it's rich, and that way I can find anything that's going to rattle loose on the first couple flights. You know what I mean? Kind of give it a little bit of time to sure run a little bit rougher. You can find the stuff that's going to be maybe problematic down the road. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a habit I have on the new nitro builds, but yeah. Awesome. Uh, other than that, I fixed the other Spectre that I had that I crashed. Got the parts in for that, and during our uh, our Heli Sim League night that uh, Daniel was late for last uh, this last week, I <laughs> actually cheated and I wasn't simming. I was actually working on my helicopter, so got that thing all ready to go, ready to beat down at the Fun Fly uh, next weekend. Awesome. So, yep. And the only other thing that I did last week was I did drive up to. Uh, Gucci's house dropped off the the black nitro. <laughs> dropped it off to Gucci, uh, <laughs> and got we we're able to get get a hamburger and stuff at my favorite hamburger joint that's out by him. Where's that? Uh, Swenson's. It's like yep. a it's like an old timey kind of feel drive up restaurant. Like you pull in, you park, turn your headlights on, and they come running out to your car. Huh. They take your order. And like they have to run no matter what they're doing. So when they bring your food, they have to run it out to you and run back in. Uh, and then when they're not busy, they walk circles around the building while you're eating. And then when you yep. need service, you flip your lights <laughs> back on. They come running back over. It's pretty cool. But they they have a, a hamburger there. It's probably one of the best hamburgers I've ever had from like you know a restaurant kind of place. Sounds like an you, upscale you know Sonic. Very much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's. <laughs> You know, the, the difference is that it's kind of very local. I mean, there's not a lot of them, you know, outside the area. I mean, Mike doesn't have one by himself, by no. where he lives. Yeah. So it's very, very localized, I guess you could call it. But I did go to Mike on, I think, Sunday. I went and got me a galley boy. Nice. <laughs> I was nice. like, I, I need one in my life. <laughs> yep. That's yep, awesome. you gotta have, gotta have it, man. Every time I go out that way, I, I stop. So if I'm out working that way or whatever, that's my lunch. So other than that, so Gucci has the Hoblin. That's awesome. Yep. yep. I was trying yep. to come up with different names for like the Drac Nitro or the Dractro or something. I couldn't come up with anything good yet. <laughs> uh, what we call it last week? The Nitro Ho. Yeah. The nit- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the black Hoblin. nitro. Yeah, I the, think Hoblin. the Hoblin is the best the one so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's, gonna, it, it's gonna be Gucci-nized. We'll see what what happens. You gonna bedazzle that baby? Yeah, you know, maybe I'm gonna wrap the boom into like some kind of you know electrical duct tape or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Now we're talking. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it real. Yep. Oh gosh. All right. Love it. But yeah, that's it. So, Kevin, what you been up to, man? Well, same as you guys. Um, not much flying. Uh, it's only been a week, of course, but uh, no flying for me. Uh, did a lot of family. Actually, no, that was the weekend that I was out of town, and I uh, went to uh, my my sister's house, and uh, they they live in Pinehurst, 
And um, so we all went there and broke the uh, quarantine code. And um, we had a great time. It was awesome. We went out on my brother-in-law's boat. And Ooh, uh, nice. Yeah, my my oldest put daughter. Your, put your onesie on. <laughs> right. My little <laughs> uh, ski onesie? cap. Yeah, my little heli head ski cap. <laughs> and um or what is it called the whatever anyway but um yeah uh my oldest daughter she actually had an incredible time she uh finally well, she's 8 and so she finally braved the uh the the um what do you call it the tube or whatever i guess you know that they put out and they you know he drug drug her and oh yeah yeah cousins around and or you know and her cousin sorry and um and so yeah we bunch of footage it was funny cuz like uh she was in the water on the tube probably 70% of the time of the entire time that we were out. <laughs> I mean, she just, she loved it so much she didn't want to come off of it. But um, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. It was a nice to uh, get away. I actually took about four days off. So thank you very much, Mike, for uh, editing the show and uh, yeah. allowing people to still be able to enjoy. Um, yeah. But uh, well. yeah. Real quick, while you're you're talking about that, uh, I just want to apologize to the listeners for that atrocity. <laughs> uh, so what you what you're saying that was that was our version of raw. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> raw because all I did was was uh, cut out some coughs and stuff like that and just sent it. it. Yeah. And apparently, there's some magic you have to do to the audio to make it sound less muffled. <laughs> and I don't have that magic wand yet, so. <laughs> No, okay. hey, it's all it's all about practicing, right? It's like yeah. everything else in life. So I think he came out good. So don't don't I don't yeah. think he came out bad by any means. Yeah, for your first yeah, time, thanks. man. Was, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so no fly because I was gone. Um, but uh, in between that time, of course, I was buying Black Thunder parts, as everybody knows. Last time I had buying what? Black Thunder. What did what? I say? Black Thunder. Black, oh, my bad. Sorry. Black Thunder. <laughs> Come on, man. We're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> so I had some Black Thunder parts come in. <laughs> and, um, you know, man, I it was interesting because I actually bought the Kraken rails because I used the Kraken trays, uh, battery trays. And um, I didn't think you could screw that up, but I found a way to do it. And I ordered mm. the wrong ones. So who knew? But evidently, <laughs> there is a difference between Kraken rails like the actual rails for the Kraken versus the uh, conversion. Kraken, yeah. Conversion for the black thunder. And so <laughs> those rails really? are way different, yeah, not way different, but they're different uh, in some regards. Um, and uh, yeah. So I, you know, as you know, this following weekend here, um, uh, I'm going to the F3N deal or whatever. And uh I was like, crap, man, I really wanted to maiden that thing tomorrow, because tonight is Friday night, we're recording on a Friday, and um, and so I wanted to try and maiden that tomorrow to make sure, you know, give it a shakedown, whatever, because really and truly, I only have like three flights on that thing, two and a half, technically, and I wanted to make sure that it was, you know, going to be okay, so I ordered the wrong rails, and I was like, crap, so I went ahead and found a place where I could get them. And thank God for Ben, because I messaged him and I was like, hey man, do you still have those rails for my Drake that I sold you? And, you know, could I get those? And and he's like, yeah, because I actually switched back over to the red tray so that he and Josh can, you know, be a uh, doc, you know, could be uh, similar with those rail uh, trays so they could, you know, switch back and forth. 
So yeah. uh, he delivered those over, thank goodness. And it is back together. Um, I, I'm working on some links here uh, because I, I, due to the fact that I, I guess one of the links came off, I, I just didn't trust it. But I did find something. When I was rebuilding it, I noticed that one of the servo horns was stripped. And I don't know Ooh. if that happened in flight. Or if it happened post crash, I doubt that it happened in flight. You think? Yeah, I I highly doubt it. Are they SAB arms? They are. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, Unless they were in a crash before. Yeah. Well, they were brand new. Uh. Yeah. As far as I I mean, that's yeah. I don't know. Well. No. Well, I got those from Scott, so I don't know if they had been used before or not, but. Uh, it, it, at any rate, um, you know, the link well, let's came ask off. Scott. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think, Scott? <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means, but... It was more than Morse code. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Um, I think he said they were new. Um, not real sure. <laughs> Oh, okay. Is that like, you know, one for yes, two for oh, no? No, that was your welcome. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Perfect. I caught that one. Thanks, Scott. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> he's a polite uh, person. You can't keep selling him things. No, he's super polite, isn't he? I can mm-hmm. tell you. Um, so yeah, so I got that going. Uh, like again, I'm I'm redoing the links because I just you know to be safe because clearly one came off in flight. No no idea how that happened. I think I have reached the level of, um, just bear with me here. I'm not saying that I'm a badass, but I think I've figured out how to break helis in flight, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> because I was doing some pretty gnarly overspeeds before I had a problem. And I'm wondering if, you know, if it just the, the link was bad or if I maybe contributed to that by being just dumb, you know, abusive. And maybe I didn't allow time, time for everything to break in, you know what I mean? To kind of wear in. I mean, is that even possible? I don't know. But, you know, Scott, what do you think? Mm. <laughs> Um, did he just say that I was a dick to my helis? <laughs> I, I, I think no, I he's think asking. He said, Keep your dick out of your helis. <laughs> <laughs> Either yeah, that, or he, he was really like goblins. <laughs> no, I think he was asking if we hear any kind of music. Oh, well, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, you know, but at any rate, uh, got that back together. Uh, I did buy uh, some blades for the Kraken 580. Um, you goblin ple- people, please close your ears. Uh, but there really wasn't much to choose from, and I wanted to keep it right at 600 mil. So the only ones available were the Align blades. So I bought a set of those, uh, the 600 mil. Um, when you know everybody starts getting the 603s back in stock, then I definitely will pick up a set. Uh, but until then... Sorry, I had to do what I had to do, but uh, I also bought a Switch Glow for the Vibe 50 um, because <laughs> I was using a camera battery and uh, people made fun of me, so I was like, okay, fine, I'll buy a Switch Glow. So I managed to do that. Um, 
I was using the wrong plugs, I think, for the 56. And um, I was actually using Enya 4s, which, you know, are, that's colder in Enya speak, right? So uh, I remembered that Mike Swift and Jason Spaulding from years ago, when I used to fly with Mike when he was uh, still alive, I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure he used OS8s. And so I hit up Jason and I said, hey, you know, what was Mike using? And, um, and he said OS8. So I got a pile of those coming. Um, so it's really just a buy week for me. Now, this is where I'm going with this, by the way. Uh, so I bought some of those. And um, the big final purchase was that I was going to buy a 55 and pipe and a few YS56 parts from RC Japan. And then all of a sudden, I got the email back stating what the uh, shipping was going to be. And it was like 120 bucks. <laughs> I was mm. like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think, there's, I think they're still having to ship through FedEx or whatever. Yeah. Which yep. is the more expensive way. So Right. So I, I just forewent that. I was like, my gosh, for that price, I could buy everything here. And, you know, it's local, you know, more or less. So. Well, just... Just wait till next week or next weekend. Mm. After next weekend, Gucci will have another YS ready to get rebuilt, and he'll you guys could split shipping. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. A '96 is already on the sidelines. Yeah. That nobody wants. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You switched it already. Well, tr- I, I I'm going to pitch it. Don't worry. There's a part in this show that I'm going to see if I could make it a combo or something. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah, so, uh, I decided against all of that and something that we had been discussing for a while now was that, uh, I wanted to buy a new charger. And so I said, well, since RC Japan wants to gouge me on shipping, I'll just forego that. And I bought a new 308 signature series from Progressive RC. Boom. Nice. Nice. Dude, I'm freaking stoked. Oh my god, I'm stoked. So, so, so give us uh, why not the 406? What was your your sell point, I guess, for getting the 308? So, because of the fact that I have two channels now, or will have two channels, because I've been using a GT500, which is only capable of 20 amps, right? Uh, and the power supply is like 500 watt or whatever. Um, so, I've I've been parallel charging four batteries on 28, well, not even, 15 amps, right? And mm. uh, so I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of used to that, but at this point now, I can charge two on one channel, two on the other, and accomplish the same deal, right? So, but I, I don't ever charge over 2C. That's just mm-hmm. not something I do. So it, it most at most would be 20 amps per side. So. I don't, and I don't ever see myself doing what Mike does, where he slams eight batteries onto a two-channel charger and <laughs> just. You say that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah. Wait till you got a wait till you got a good day of flying, and you just like, oh man, I need more, need well, more. <laughs> well, so the reason I went with the three hundred eight was because. I also don't know what the future holds, and I wanted to be able to make sure that I could support 7S packs if I should ever venture that. 
I don't think I'll ever do that, but that's what kept 16s me. 16S speed machine. Yeah, there you go. Do it. Mm, yeah. Now we're talking. Right? Do it with the vibe. Convert right. the vibe. <laughs> Convert it, yeah. Um, so I that's what kept me from doing the 406. And, and simply put, the 4010, it was just like another, I don't know, well, not 100 bucks, but it was like another 60 or 70 bucks, whatever it was. And I was like, I don't think I need that. I just, uh, I mean, again, you, I might be wrong, Mike. You're right. Um, but how have no, I doing think it? The, I think the 308 will be perfect. Yeah. It'll so, be better than what you've been using. Um, mm. And you'll have, you'll have the, du- the duo, so you'll have right. two channels. Right. So basically, you're getting two of better than what you had yeah. before, you know? Plus, and there, right? And there's, right? and there's upside in case... We start running seven S's on a six hundred class machine or something, you know. Yeah, right. Which yeah. is something that Doc mentioned is that he would like to try a five eighty uh, on seven S as opposed to doing the typical six S. So I was like, that's pretty. Good. But you know, he has a forty. Uh, he is it one single forty ten or dual? It's a math, mammoth case. He might have two forty tens. I don't know. But um, <laughs> you know, but for me too. Here's the thing. Like I in in you know Gucci. He knows me as well, but. You know, I have three stick packs right now for the for the 700. And when I uh, get this 6S, you know, 580 going, I'll have four packs for that. Easy. So that's already seven flights between two machines. And if I take a Nitro, that's a long day. Like, there's really no need for me to take, you know, a charger and generator to the field because that's a lot of flights. So I don't... Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> this is from us that we have like power everywhere at our clubs. How, you know? Kevin, how many flights do you average when you go out to fly? Uh, typically six to eight. Mm. Yep. Rookie numbers. It, you know, a lot of it's because of the fact that, you know, there's just enough people there that, you know, that's all I get, you know? Yeah. So that's when you just go up on their flying. You just start flying. <laughs> They'll land. Yeah. No, they won't. No, they won't. Oh, uh, you're right. That you're the crowd you guys have down there will crash into you. That's mm. what God's pretty good for. Well, they. <laughs> that's true. Well, our airplane guys need all of the thousand feet of runway to land. Apparently, even with like a forty-five inch wingspan, they need every thousand foot of. The oh, you got to wait on plankers too. Oh yeah, sometimes. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. So I mean, I segregate. Yeah, I mean, I would love to, you know, get out there by myself and just bang out flights. Um, but, you know, again, it's, I, I'm the kind of person that's always, I would rather just have more than enough batteries as opposed to have to, like, constantly charge all the time. And But if I do go to the field with just the electric helis, then I do bring the generator and the charger, hands down. Because it might be, hey man, I got a couple more flights in me, let's do this, you know? Right. And um but if I'm bringing a Nitro 2, uh that that doesn't typically happen. So, that's just kind of how I roll. Hmm. But I'm very excited cool. about it because I haven't um had a nice charger in a really long time and uh I'm excited to uh to get that here. So, pretty pretty nice. stoked. Yeah. Well, 1999 will be happy to get their GT500 back. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, freaking Nick Lynn. He's the one who sold me on it, actually. Yeah. But, uh, and, yeah. and you're coming in the 2010 with the iCharger, so. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Progress, baby. Uh, that's right. Baby steps. Don't worry. So I'm, I will I'm have, there with you. <laughs> I will have a GT500 and 500 watt uh, Meanwell up for sale. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy about it, man. I'm pretty pretty happy. So hopefully we'll get to fly tomorrow. But uh, that's all I got. That's it, man. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, Mike, what's next? Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I can do this. Sure, you can. The proper way, but what is hot? That is there. It is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, take oh, take it away, Lord. Daniel. All right. So first on the on the hot list is the T Rex six fifty. Yeah, T Rex six fifty. How about that one? Can you T-Rex. see some more? Yeah, they're coming out with a six fifty. Did you see that one, Mike? Uh oh, yeah. That's the new uh. The yellow and red one, isn't it? Yep. <clears throat> so we, yeah. so we saw. You know, we're we're not really. I don't think there's a price for it yet. But there, um, Alan Zabo Jr. He uh, posted a video of it, and I'm not gonna lie, it looks good. You know, but mm-hmm. then again, it's it's Alan Zabo flying it, so that says something. <laughs> so uh, I'm just curious what the price range is gonna be, and we know how a line does it. You know, they sell it with everything most of the time. So servos, motor, ESC. So probably even flyballs, you know, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, I think they're, I think they're giving them with that Beast X Plus. At least the 700X kits they were. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming they'd probably keep that same, uh, same program going. Yep, same plan. So pretty interesting. I think uh, if you guys have a chance, go out there on on the groups. Um. And check it out. It's, it's, there's, there's definitely at least one video right now. So that's the first thing. The next thing. You guys ready? Hit it. Power Tune Kit. Yes. Orders. It's open. You want to know what the biggest difference was? More power? You got dang right more power. More power, baby. More what power, baby. More power, baby. <laughs> and I just want to say I do have a YS96 SRX uh, ready for sale for anyone that wants to buy a power tune kit Shameless for butt. it. Listen, yeah. if you didn't see Tom Shin's video with the power tune on the 96, holy crap. Huh. Dude, mm-hmm. what they need to change it to monster. the Mo power tune. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it that'll a, be V2. It was a so freaking let- animal. So, let, for the people that don't know what it is, what is this kit, Skids? So, basically, it is a, um, it, it removes the regulator system from the YS90 series motors, as well as the 120. And, um, and so, it, it, it more or less allows you to uh, put a the OS, uh, what is it, 61G carburetor on it with the regulator. So it's more or less a way that it allows you to remove the regulator and it's a plate that is modded to accept the uh, OS carburetor, right? And um, then it allows you to be able to tune your YS engine like it's an OS. And so more or less, it's for the people who Mm. have a lot of trouble tuning YS engines and there's no shame in that right but if you want to try YS and you want to get the power of YS 
if you put this carburetor on it, it really simplifies the tuning because then it goes back to how you tune, you know, a 105. Uh, and, um, I mean, I, man, I've seen examples, uh, you know, there's some one twenties out there and some, uh, Avant Mastros and, and Tom Shins, of course, got it, I think in his N7 maybe, or maybe that was the Protos. I'm not sure. Um, but it's, it's a freaking animal. It's, it's insane. Very interesting. So what you're telling me is if you own a YS and you want it to run, put OS parts on it. (laughs) That's what I'm getting out of this. Uh, This is, this is fantastic. I love it. Well, so here's what, here's actually what's happening is all those people that don't know how to tune YS, you know, people like yourself. Uh, it allows you to go to YS to experience what true power is, but still keeps you at home with your little, you know, OS carb. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> whatever makes you sleep better at night. So, so I so definitely what? I got the the politically correct answer when I asked the following question to Tom Shin, which was, so uh, what you're telling me the shortfall on the YS ninety six was the carburetor and the regulator. And he said, well, no, it's just the OS makes it, you know, easier to tune. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Shortfall. <laughs> mm. so, OS does it better, is what he's saying. I, I really think it's it's the fuel delivery, you know, the, the routes inside the carburetor and the way you have the regulator not really being on the crankcase, so to speak. I think all of those things kind of help tuning that bigger displacement motor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so, really um, what it is, I think, you know? On a serious note, is this... Um, was this the RCHO guys that are doing this, or is this a, a company that kind of is going off of... Because weren't they playing with... All right. Was it Jay, Jay Treadway that was doing it? So, Jay, uh, I think, was sort of the originator of this, and... Okay. Uh, he, there was, okay. So there was a guy previously, I do not remember his name. Uh, do not remember where he was from, but there was already a, um, you know, adapter plate that was flowing, floating around for a while. And mm-hmm. I think Jay maybe already had one, but he wanted to, uh, you know, get this more into mass production. So, uh, he hit up Gregor McGrath of Absolute CNC. And, uh, and they worked out a deal where, you know, Gregor could be the one to CNC these parts out. And then, of course, you can then buy it through Jay. So Jay is sort That's of the, awesome. the owner of it, I guess. But Gregor is the one who's doing the machining. And you have to buy it through Jay. So it's actually not too bad, considering. Um, I mean, again, it's American-made. Uh, and yeah. Gregor is very precise with his stuff. So... Uh, and he himself has tried it, uh, and it's I think sixty five dollars for both of the plates that you need the the model you know the plates, and uh, it's eight dollars shipping. So uh, just a little over seventy dollars you can get this conversion right. plate. Now, if you don't already own a OS sixty one G carburetor, the one hundred five carburetor, those are going to set you back a bit. Uh, they're not cheap. They're about 280 bucks, I think, is around the price Whew. I saw. So to to do this complete, it would it would cost you some some change. But um, 
you know, it's, it's for a special crowd, right? You know, it's for those guys that want to, you know, ease the tuning of tuning a YS. And I mean, the results are pretty remarkable. So if my, my advice would be, yeah, my advice would be, it would be this is if you have a one Oh five sitting there and you want to try this, then you just saved yourself a lot of money, right? If you can maybe buy one used, you know, for 300 bucks, you know, then now you have a, a complete engine. So if you're, still not happy with running the YS with the OS carb, at least you can, you know, dip back to the, you know, to the 105 and, you know, you're not out a lot of money. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, congrats to Jay on his uh, new adventure he's got here, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to see hobbyists like, uh, you know, fixing, fixing issues and coming out with solutions that are local here you know what i mean yeah i agree it's, it's awesome completely agree all right which what else you got all right um next thing is did you guys see the announcement from heli direct that they're the new exclusive distributor in the united states for ego drift motors oh really i did oh, not yep. see that Yep. So I guess they uh, they posted on their uh, Facebook group, I believe, or in one of the groups that they are they have an exclusive uh, distributor deal with Ego Drift Motors for the United States. So um, they're already posting up the pre-orders for all the different motors they have. So if you're looking and you want to check it out, definitely uh, go to Heli Direct. I think there's a few other you know uh, hobby shops that carry them but now you'll definitely be able to get them from heli direct so and they usually are pretty good i know heli direct is pretty good at stocking you know having good stock on on the hobby related heli hobby related items so it's awesome yeah and then uh the next one i think uh mike might be super excited is that the uh supplies the os motor supplies are back in stock at only fine helis. How about that? Woohoo! That's yeah. great news, except you never have to buy parts for those. <laughs> <laughs> Says the person that goes, Hey man, uh can I uh do you have some parts for me or can we go in and get some parts? What we're doing here. <laughs> now it's um I know like all the places were kinda out of you know the usual stuff for OS motors, especially the one oh five. So, and everything was like, you know, on order, on order or something along those lines. So it's good to see that some, some of those parts are back available, back in stock. So I was excited about that. You know, even though I don't have any, I have my 55, but you know, there's a a thing is like, yeah, you know, some of us order from RC Japan, but you know, if it was ready available at only fine helis and I needed something for this upcoming weekend, I would just go to them, you know? So it's awesome great news yeah and the last thing that i have is not too many of us have flown these but i've seen them around is the omp m2 2020 Mm -hmm. version did you guys see that i have not actually so you we know that there was a little bit of back and forth about the logo 200 kind of using omp parts to a certain degree we didn't know if it was you know, if OMP is manufacturing this for for logo, whatever case may be. But the OMP M2 has been out for a while. I think it's like something like 300 bucks around there. Yeah. Um, but here was the kicker to it. 
the fireballer system that is had on it, you cannot adjust any of the parameters, like flip rates or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can just do, I think, gain, and that's it. So the new 2020 version that that they announced that is coming out, supposedly you could actually change the flyballer's controller parameters. Oh wow! Along mm-hmm. with you know some improvements, which to me it's like just being able to control, you know, adjust your flyballer's unit. It's kind of cool and kind of need it a lot of times so yeah that's uh definitely a, a very cool thing and i think even the stock flyballer's controller actually has rescue too so, so did you did you know i just found this out when i seen that the other day okay uh omp is actually ohio model products i i did know that yeah yeah they they made airplanes uh I want to say probably six, seven years ago, they had their own airplane. Yeah. I think they're still doing it, actually, but not as as uh, full force as they are. So that's that's awesome to see them coming out with with new products. Still, you know, a local company. I don't yeah. know if I I doubt that the manufacturing is in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's still cool to see you know a company with putting their name that's local to to me and Gucci, anyways. So I knew that uh, of Ohio Model Products, I've you know I think I might have owned one of their very beginning planes back in the day, the Arfs. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that the M2 is part of that. You know, part. yeah, it, I was in the same boat when I seen that ad. I was like, because it, it was posted on their Facebook page that I've liked for five years ago. <laughs> Finally <laughs> popped up, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was that was them. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, never so, yeah. even clicked. So yeah, if you're looking for a sub 200 size heli, I think it's a 180 maybe. True yep. size. Is it 180? Um, I think so. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's 200 millimeter or less. If you're looking for something that size, yeah, I th- I think it's definitely worth uh, pursuing and checking it out. And especially now that you're able to adjust a lot more things, you know. That's very for cool. sure. Yeah. And that's it. I'm all out of hot stuff for this week. Fresh Yay. out of fire. Yeah, yeah, fresh out of fire. So, yeah. Um, one thing that uh, I think I'm being signaled here, if you guys are interested in uh, looking up that PowerTune kit, there's actually a Google Forms that you have to fill out, I think, um, yes. to get your order in. So Yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's try and remember to put that in the show notes. And, yep. you know, that way people can grab it. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll do that. Definitely support it. If it's something you've been interested in, you know, that's that's how more things come to come to, you know, to market more or less is, you know, uh Jay getting funding for this of course will allow, you know, funding for future things and um you know, even Gregor too. You know, I know he's got some pretty cool things, you know, coming down the pipeline for Goblin Nitro and um yeah, so definitely definitely support these guys if you can if it's something you're interested in. Mm. Nice. Yeah. What's next? Are we gonna? Do we have? All right. Do we um, need to call ooh. up on fence post? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> hey, fence post. What you got for us next? It's a football school. Football school. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's Scottish, yeah. can't you tell? Oh, was it? <laughs> All right. So, what do we got next, Scott? Uh huh. Okay. Got it. Okay. Uh, 
All right. I can't do it anymore. All right. So what he said was, is that due to the fact that we're doing this a week later from the last release, obviously, it's not been enough time where we've seen people post uh, for the last full poll school uh, video. And um, so I think what we'll do is we'll end up talking about those in the following episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But, um, but he wanted to go ahead and uh, explain the new one that's coming. And of course, there will be a, a follow-up video uh, of the day of the release of this, you know, this show. But essentially what he has going for you guys is uh, rainbows in all four, four orientations in place. Okay. So once you see the video, you'll be able to, it's, it'll be much easier to watch the video to understand what it is that he has uh, going for us. So uh, stay tuned for that. Of course, when this uh, airs, you will also, you should have a full Pull School uh, video. And um, yeah, so pretty exciting. Uh, thank you, Scott, again, for, for taking the time to do this. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, one person, five people, 10 people or 50. Uh, if, if you're at least attempting it, it means you're practicing something cool and, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll benefit you in some way. So that'll be, that'll be really cool. But that's the new one. Rainbows in four orientations in place. So look out for the video on that. Yep. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got a text message that said from Dana, it said, what the fuck are you doing in there? (laughs) (laughs) It's our new segment. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have anything else to add? I think... uh, no. You guys good? Yeah. No. Nope. All right. Let's talk. Let's let's get this uh, guest show going. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. It's gonna be good. Are you guys excited? Yeah. I'm excited. All right. All right. Let's do this. What's next, Kevin? All right. Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. Oh. Welcome back, you guys. We have a very special guest with us tonight. We have Alex Rose all the way from California on the podcast with us tonight. And uh, we're going to dive into some Protos Nitro talk. But uh, thanks for coming on, Alex. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, let's uh, do a little get to know and uh, we'll dive into our topic. Sounds good. Yeah. Love it. So uh, let's kick it off here real quick, Alex. With uh, so where where about uh, do you live in the in the United States? Uh, I, I live in the uh, wonderful wonderful Silicon Valley. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, like just you know, hour south of San Francisco, 
Um, I've been here for kind of a long time. So um, you kind of, you know, my, my whole RC hobby has been in the Bay Area. Um, and over the years, we've seen our fields slowly go away because property is so darn expensive here. Um, but uh, we're still holding on. Uh, you know, we have some great places to fly here. And, you know, and the, and the bonus is like weather. You can pretty much fly, I don't know, at least 350 days a year in this <laughs> in this climate. So as long as you're okay with wind. So, right. That's awesome. Yeah. So what do you do in the great state of California? Ah, uh, well, I guess I guess my official title these days is I don't know, they call me a technical director. Um, I'm an electrical engineer and uh, I work for a networking company. I was actually there when it was started in 2006. Uh, and now it's like a two and a half billion dollar company. So it's been a wild ride. I went from 13 of us uh, behind a kitchen all the way to now. I think we're at like 3000. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been awesome. So yeah, to go through that experience from like start to big and, you know, grow with the company has been awesome. So yeah, I've, I've been there and actually the first hardware that, that, uh, my company shipped was something I designed and, uh, and I think I've designed and shipped like 15 different platforms. These are all like networking switches, basically okay. what it is like, you know, it's like high speed data center stuff. Um, and so these days, um, you know, I run a bunch of teams and, you know, I'm, I'm like on the management side, but I do a lot of like architecture and design kind of, at the, at, you know, with with our key customers and uh, I drive the engineering teams and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's like it's always been a hobby to me. So um, I've never really I kind of feel like I've never had it. Sometimes it's a job, especially now that you know I manage, but um, it's always been kind of a hobby. So I've just never really had a like a real job in my head. I just have a good time That's doing awesome. what I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of the hobby, how did you get involved in the hobby? Uh, so this is, I think this comes, goes back to Christmas 2008. And back then uh, I was like really into golf. And, um, you know, my, my wife and I were golfing like every weekend. And, um, you know, we had our first daughter uh, in 2008. And I don't know, we were probably like, uh, pretty pretty like six months in and i'm like i need to give up golf because it's just getting too difficult to get out because you know like in california golf when you go you know everyone thinks they're a tiger and they want to spend like <laughs> you know an hour on their putt because you know their their <laughs> their 25 handicaps has a chance to improve and so you know you <laughs> and so it's just no courtesy like that's the way i felt anyway so you end up in these like five hour rounds if you went on a sunday and oh you know gosh. with a baby a baby and all that i started feeling kind of you know, and then jennifer wasn't going with me i'm like and when i was young i used to fly like you know nitro planes you know that kind of thing and uh really young but i never got good at it or anything but i always loved rc i've raced rc cars i'm like you know i i just started looking around the web i'm like you know rc helis look really cool so that that christmas of 2008 i bought a sim a real flight back then and uh like just like loved it over you know christmas break or was staying at my wife's parents place uh and so uh I basically during Christmas I ordered a Blade 400. <laughs> wow! And yep. uh, and and you know when I got home there it was on the porch. Like I timed it perfectly, and you know I threw the uh, the chicken legs on it and took it to the park and I started trying to fly it. And so uh, you know and and I had done enough sim at that point you know where I I kind of popped it and hover and I didn't immediately destroy it. You know that first hover is really nerve wracking, but sure. Um, so then I got really hooked and um, you know and I was always really into the sim so 
uh, I just started, you know, really getting into it and simming hard. And I don't know, by the end of year one, you know, I had all my orientations down. I was flying inverted. I was doing pure flipping decently at like 15 feet. So I went all in in that first year. And then from there, it just kind of skyrocketed as a passion. So that's how it started. Nice. That's a hero flipping after year one. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was determined because, like, you know, oh, man, like, and it was a year of work. Like, I don't know, for me, I, maybe I'm not the, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed, but like, I was grinding on it. And then I would force myself, I would just like crap on my pants in real life, like, you know, trying to do it in real life. I'm like, I don't care how many times I crash. And I didn't really crash. I was, I taught myself to fly high very early. And uh, actually, that in that first year, I had the Blade 400, and then I, uh, my next heli was six months later. I bought a, a Protos 500. Nice. So yeah, <laughs> a little foreshadowing. But um, and I love that heli, you know, belt heli, and uh, and so you know, to me, that thing was huge. Right. You know, right. I was like, oh, I think it's so big, and uh, and I love that thing, and I learned to auto it and everything, and that you know the first six months that I owned it. Um, and I, I, I was fortunate at the time I was flying with this guy, Chris Hansen, who was a very good 3d pilot, um, back then. And so I would go fly with him and, and this other guy Zoli on the weekends. And so, you know, I would ask questions like, how do you do that? How do, you do that? And probably nine months in, I bought, you know, the classic T-Rex 600, you know, right after it was a nitro and electric kind of version and, uh, started flying that. And that really like it, after year one, I just had a massive passion for auto rotation. So, you know, after about you know 200 autos of wedding myself, finally you know, I had enough confidence to just do, do it on. I don't. I mean, auto rotations were so hard to get into because just the idea of turning it off um, was brutal. But you know, I, I I just fell in love with it, and yeah. So that was kind of year one, 1.5 for me. Um, and then from there, I just started going nuts, and you know, I've owned like the first you know Goblin, and you know, I've just kind of been on top of all the firsts you know, since then. Right. Yeah, that Blade 400 oh. and T-Rex 450, man, I can't even imagine how many of those kits probably sold, you know, between 2008 and 2010-ish, maybe even 12, 2012. Yeah. I mean, because it was really popular in those days, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and my, yeah, I say, mine, mine came with the piezo gyro. Remember that? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, yeah. it sucks so bad. It would always drift. <laughs> <laughs> so here you are, this poor new pilot, you know, with sticks hanging off your heli, already like injecting vibes into the thing. Yeah. And the thing just won't stay put, you know. And and when you stop the tail, it was like the thing was gonna blow up. Um and so that yeah, my first mod was buying the uh Futaba um GY four oh one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that what most of the guys upgrade. that I knew did too. They got the four oh one or the JR seven seventy, I think it was, or something like that. Mm. Um and uh and then, of course, they had this. Somebody was making a modified head for the Blade 400, and it was, um, you know, a flybarless head, so, you know, but it was all aluminum, too. So, you know, because obviously the Blade was, you know, completely plastic, right? Right. And, yeah. um, and, of course, once people started doing that and putting a quality gyro on it, like it was, it was actually a pretty good contender at that point, you know, in the 450 range. So. Yeah, I mean, I learned all inverted flight with it. You know, I learned backwards flight with it and everything. So, like, it didn't hold me back. I think I had the chicken legs off in two weeks, and then I was flying circuits and then kind of just pushed myself. And I think for me, I was always, and I still am, always willing to fly uncomfortable. Right. So, like, every flight I go out, like, I put myself in, in situations where it's, like, new and hard for me. And even if I can't get it, like, I, I get OCD. Like, I'm still working on maneuvers for two years that I still can't do very well. And every time I fly, you know, if I'm just messing around, I still 
trying to force myself to do them well. So I think that that kind of mentality is what kind of got me mm. through the progression. Yeah. I have to correct myself. It was a, um, a fly barred head, not a fly barless head. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. That upgrade was a, yeah, it was a, a little later. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 My, when I first got my Protoss 500, it was fly barred. And then I don't know what it was. It was in 2009 later, maybe where the, you know, the, you could get the first V bar 4.0. Yeah. It was the one after the silver thing. Like I got, I think the, you know, I got the one that was the, the, the black one right after that. Mm. And, uh, I put that on it and that I just fell in love because, you know, being a technical person like that was super cool. Like to make the whole thing electronic. Sure. And, uh, and that was kind of, you know, I started getting passionate about that. And I think it was, um, uh, 2011 when the brave came out. Mm, and okay. so I remember, you know, when that, when the brain first came out, you know, it was being hyped, like at that time by Bert was helping out Corrado. Uh, I think, you know, Bert had done like a week or something of hard work with Corrado to kind of set up all the defaults on it right before they shipped it. Mm. And then they shipped it. And I remember getting it and <laughs> I'm such a jerk. So I get it. And then I find like, I don't know, hundreds of flaws. And I like, I, I don't know what I wasn't trying to be inconsiderate, but it totally was. So like I just said, "Hey, hey, guys, this is awesome!" But here's what I found: I put this in a thread, and Helly Freak is still on there somewhere. And it was this massive post of all these things I, I like debugged and found in it, and fixes they needed to do. And I like immediately got a message from Thomas, the developer, you know, the original brain. And he's like, "Dude." Do you want to work with us? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, I'd love, I'd love to be a beta tester. So that was kind of my introduction to the MSH team and helping them out. So you know, awesome. at that point, I, you know, they pulled me in and I was the only tester, you know, besides, you know, they had, they had, uh, you know, one, one team pilot at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, he, so he was doing it, but then, you know, I got a hold of it. And so I was just like, at that point, I don't think I could do it, replicate that level of effort again, but I was flying it all the time and giving him like insane feedback. Like, and in 2011, I was an okay pilot at that point, you know, I could, I could find all the, the rough corners of the system, you know, enough to do that. And, uh, so it was just nonstop and that kind of morphed into me, you know, writing tens of pages of like roadmap, like, Hey, you know, in two years you could have this feature and that feature and, you know, mm. so on and so forth. So that, that was where I started really getting deep down the rabbit hole of those guys. So you mentioned jumping to, I think it was brain you said, but, um, did you, did you never, or no, you I'm sorry, V bar, you, you had jumped to V bar. Uh, right. did you never experiment with the Skookum 360? Oh, I know I did. Yeah, oh, did you're right. You? <laughs> I skipped that generation. Did you? No, yeah, because that came in right after or right about the same time as V-Bar did in those days. Uh, it came after the original, like, Silver, but uh, I believe so. But, yeah, I never I never had a 360. Which I have, no, I did have a 360 shortly, but it really bugged me that you had to have an external gyro on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, why are, you, why are you doing this to us? Um, and then I did have a 720. And actually, I was a... a I guess this was before Brain. Uh, I got involved with um, art, so I've always had a passion for beta testing. Sure. So I got involved. With, it was it's art, right? Yeah, yeah, art from Skookum, right. and um, and I like was just deep into beta testing for him. I had a lot of fun with that, and so you know they were sending me units and prototypes to test, and I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then also at that time, I became like a full fledged Spectrum tester. So I, I, I still to this day have like 12 prototype radios in my garage from those days, like all the original DX7, DX9 prototypes and DX18s. And I even got some tray radios. And so, I, I, you know, in those days, I was like 
really passionate about like testing because I was like combining things with my hobby. And so like I would just like just do just they were they were at the spectrum was like, you're our favorite beta tester because you give us so much thorough feedback. This is awesome. <laughs> so they kept sending me stuff, sending me stuff. And then they started getting like really formal about beta testing where they'd send these massive spreadsheets with all this huge questionnaire. And I'm like, yeah, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're like, if you're a beta tester, you must fill all this stuff out. I'm like, I'm donating the time I can. Um, and right. I don't know. It, it those are good guys though, and and that relationship eventually paid off when I was working with the the brain guys. I was I I kind of went, and especially when the when the first um, IX radio came out, um, it was the IX twenty or whatever IX twelve. Um, you know, like I really wanted that Android platform to have deep integration. So at that point, I had a lot of meetings with the Spectrum guys, or not a lot, a couple, maybe one or two, um, to you know, come up with an architecture where, you know, they could do deep integration. Um, but, you know, still hasn't happened. But, you know, they had the platform for it. But I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily designed to have third-party integration from the start. But, like, you know, they have the platform to do it. So I'm hoping someday they, they do that. But That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So you, uh, you, you have a little bit of podcast history. You want to kind of, uh, fill us in on that on the history that you have? Yeah. Yeah. I've always loved, you know, going on podcasts or being a guest. I've, I think I've, I've been on a lot of different podcasts over the years. Um, you know, RC Heli Nation, but yeah, back way back, um, in, you know, into the 2010, I think 2011, um, you know, I was, uh, I was like a, I don't know, a, a regular on the RC Today show. Um, and I think, you know, those guys, Chris and Bobby, um, I'm forgetting the name of the, the podcast show before that, but they had many years, they had a running uh, podcast for RC. And so when I was learning the hobby initially, I was, you know, you know, in that phase where you're just trying to be like a sponge and learn everything you can. And I mean, that's a really, like that first year was amazing because there's so many cool things to learn in our hobby. Sure. And so I was, you know, I was listening to their podcast and entertained by it all the time. And then, uh, you know, through, I guess, Heli Freak, I was getting to know uh, Chris and Bobby. And, you know, they kind of saw my presence um, from, like, you know, the technical side, really, like, you know, driving. And I, and, I mean, I don't, I'm not really on Heli Freak anymore these days, but I think, I don't even know what my post count is on Heli Freak, like 40,000. I have no idea. But I was really into it. Um, and so, you know, those those days, you know, it was kind of like someone that was helping a lot of people and like, you know, driving conversations. And so they kind of saw that and it's like, hey, you want to come on our podcast? And and we like really hit it off and you know, just, just the chemistry. And so I kind of like did the technical side for them. So you know, they kind of had, you know, oh, you know, Alex is on this week. We're going to here's our tech topic. And and that, that was a really good time. I had a lot of fun with that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was Inside Heli. Inside Heli was before or after? That was, that was before RC Today show. Of course, right, it was right, like right. a, I don't want to say sister, but it was like a sister to um, All Things That Fly, the ATTF right, podcast. Right. And so yep. it was sort of like its own little division under that umbrella of ATTF. And, okay. um, and then I think they actually kind of broke away and kept it. Uh, I might be wrong about that. But they were inside Heli for a very, very long time. And I think when they broke away, they wanted to, um, more or less, they wanted to uh, talk more than just helicopters. And I think that right. that was, you know, because Chris obviously was big into airplanes and slope, not slope, but uh, the gliders, those, what do they call those, DGT uh, or something? or DLGs. DLGs, that's what it was. Yeah. And um, 
And so, yeah, they wanted to be able to speak to more than just, you know, helicopters. And that's what spawned, I think, the RC Today show. But um, Yeah, Chris Chris was always like a true craftsman. And like, you know, he even built his own like full, full scale skit. Uh, Full scale kit airplane in his garage. Which is crazy. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he ever made it, but dude, that would be a scary maiden. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like, dude, I built this. Like, do you know how to use Loctite? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, is your pinion Loctite in? Did you get the flat spot? Okay. How, how did you learn to rivet? Did you do that off YouTube? I don't even know if there was oh, YouTube gosh. back then. Uh, he's, I mean, he, well, I think it's only a few years ago he did that. But um, yeah, he's, he's just someone that could do all the crafting. Uh, had his own machine area, so yeah, he was he was a true hobbyist. So it was always cool to talk to him and figure stuff out. So maybe someday he'll come back to the hobby. I don't know. Yeah. Do we know what happened to Chris and Bobby? Why did? Yeah, I think you know. I have. They did. You know, five six years. I mean, it's you know, it kind of like I think with podcasting, you know, after like if you make it like most podcasts don't make it past a hundred, right? And yep. I think if they do, that means something special is happening, right? Like there's some real, and so they had done it. I don't know, like six, seven. I mean, just huge number. I think there's a point to where it's like you know, you kind of need to move on, and I think that they just eventually hit that point. Yeah, the point yeah. of diminishing returns, right? Yeah. Where for me, the, you know, the, the hobby has just always been awesome. Like, you know, I just have not gotten bored of it. So, you know, I, I, I've stuck with it. I have a lot of other hobbies that, like, I'm passionate about. So I'm kind of a mini hobby person. Right, right. <laughs> a lot of us are. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, like, re- the recent, most recent for me is pinball. So I've got four yeah. pinball machines. So I'm getting, I've been really digging that. That's how, many, actually, how many do you have now? I've got four modern machines. Okay. So I have a room for that. Like, and it's, I, I could fit five. I actually have a, a fifth coming. It's already pre-ordered and uh, it's, it's, it's a Rick and Morty nice. pinball machine and uh, it cusses. So I had to buy it. That's, um, that's so, <laughs> so yeah, these are the modern ones that have like, you know, RGB lighting, you know, they, they weigh 300, 400 pounds or the full arcade oh. ones and have, you know, LCD in the back. And so, you know, like right now I've got brick and mortar coming. I've got Deadpool. I've got Iron Maiden. I've got total nuclear annihilation and Jurassic Park. It's my current collection. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Good that is great. <laughs> So what are your thoughts on the health of the hobby these days? Uh, well, you know, I think it's it's a stable thing right now. I don't think it's, I think, you know, the attrition and gains are, are I, I don't know. I think we're kind of breaking even. I don't, we went through massive attrition in the last few years, you know, from, you just remember, you know, I'm going to Urcha 2013 you know, 2014, I remember going to the Heli Freak event in San Diego, where just like 300 people, just madhouse. And, you know, those days feel like they're over, um, you know, maybe never coming back, but it was, it's not that, you know, we still have all these amazing things that we're doing, but like, it was just huge. Um, and, you know, in the, the 1200 or whatever, 1100 person Urcha kind of, you know, that's gone. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's stable. I think, you know, you can, I do see new people come into the hobby. There's a lot of casual people that you run into in my community. You know, there's like a, a there's a, a group of us that uh, fly out of a, a friend's ranch. Um, he owns a, his own ranch construction company, and so he's got three helipads, Wi-Fi, electric power, toilets. So it's like we have nothing to complain about here. Um, awesome. But um, you know, I think it's very hard to make a living. I think, you know, if you look at the companies that currently survive, they're all like multidiscipline if they're if they're doing well. 
So, you know, it's like you look at a sob and they're doing other, you know, other verticals like, the, you know, they're doing whatever their kite board thing. I forget what it is. Um, hydrofoil. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Moses board, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lion's got things. Gowie's got things. Um, you know, or or if, if that's not the case, there's some like private funding where, you know, you can you know, you, you have someone that's willing to, you know, lose some money to make some money kind of thing or break even. Uh, it's really difficult if you want to start a company and, uh, you know, really make it, you know, your full income, very difficult uh, to do that at this point, uh, just because there aren't enough of us buying. And also, you know, these days, helis are reliable. You know, I mean, for me, I probably go through 12 to 15 crashes a year. So I'm, you know, I'm a good customer, but I think for (laughs) most people, yeah, for most people, they might be still flying a heli is four or five years old, you know, they occasionally go out. And that doesn't feed, you know, the, the the hobby. So, um, so, but you know, for us hardcore guys, we all know each other, and you know, we're all out there, and sure. you know, we're crashing and flying and pushing ourselves. And but, you know, I'd say, you know, the ninety percent or more, you know, they aren't buying all the time. Um, and so, you know, companies takes a lot of money to make something new, and when you make something new, how many do you sell, and then how quickly does it decline? And then if you release it, you know, if you know the way social media works, if someone, you know, someone you trust poops on it. You know, it can immediately because it's so fragile, immediately smash sales. So it's like you have to invest a lot of money and time into trying to make something as perfect as you can, hope that it's better than the competition or at least has the, the appeal. And then, you know, can you even break even? Right. It's very difficult. And then you've got the dealer networks where it's like, okay, if you're producing it and then okay, you need to somehow sell it to a distributor with forty percent margin, and then the distributor sells it, you know, with ten percent margin, so the dealer can get thirty, and then the dealer is trying to survive with their shop with 30% margins and low volume. And, you know, especially with our hobby, there's, there's really no local way to exist because, you know, we just kind of exist in these pockets all over the nation. And so you can't really have a brick and mortar shop at this point. So you have to be online. I mean, I still remember we used to have a brick and mortar shop here and it was amazing. I mean, I had the experience to walk into a helicopter shop and look around and see all the kits and helis. Like it was awesome, but that's amazing. you know, it's like those kinds of hobby shops just, I mean, even, you know, if there are helis around, you know, they're probably making most of their living from selling RC cars because they have a track in the back or something. Um, it's very difficult to kind of make a, you know, a, a, like a, a hobby shop work. So, yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's changed. And I think, you know, the people we have now have figured out how to survive. Um, but I do think it's fragile. I am worried about the current, you know, global situation sure. impacting it. I think most of us are getting out flying. I mean, we have a great hobby for this ridiculous situation um you know if you need to be social distance you go out and fly like you know right. and you talk with your buddies and you don't you don't you know you don't have to be hugging you can be six feet apart right so right um so we can still enjoy our hobby and i did i mean through this whole thing like you know, i've been enjoying my hobby the whole time i didn't stop so right. um right but yeah so that's i mean that's kind of my view i think you know we, we're probably going to see more companies go under I think we're going to see, you know, because of you know the technology with 3D printing and how inexpensive it is to get um, equipment to machine stuff yourself at this point. And I'll give an example. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen my Quinn 700. Yes. So Quinn, you know, is basically, you know, someone that, you know, uh, lives in Montana, you know, does a job where I think he's, he's like building cabinets, whatever, you know, very, very high end stuff. But and he decided that, you know, and over the years, he was actually like an MSH pilot and we became close. He was always hacking his helicopter. And we had a lot of conversations about what would make the ultimate flying helicopter. 
And uh, he actually decided, and I didn't know this, like he decided to go build something that embodied everything he thought made the best helicopter. And so I went to RCHN, uh, I guess it's three years ago now, two years ago. And uh, he had it. He had this helicopter. He's like, yeah, I built this. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) let me see that. He's like, I want you to fly it. So I put like six flights on. He's like, try to break it. And it was the best flying helicopter I have ever flown. Like it just floored me. And I'm like, how... Yeah, and I'm like, how, how did you do... He built his own uh, CNC machine right. by reading uh, forums. And, and he, lives in, <laughs> he lives in an apartment with no garage. He built a soundproof... He, has a, he, had a, he had a baby and a wife. And so he, he built a soundproof uh, room around it. Or like, like, I don't know, like enclosure. And basically, like, CNC'd his own head parts and everything. Like, just made everything. Wow. And he built this helicopter that, like, it was absolutely sick. I mean, it, it it's like... What was it? I think I forgot the weight now. It's been a while since I weighed it, but it was like, it was like under 11 pounds. Wow. Um, like 10 and a half pounds. I think and that, that was a, a full blown, fully robust, could swing 717s, 700, um, running, you know, uh, like, you know, 45, 25, Scorpion 200, you know, 12 S 5000, like the full deal, right? Like coming in at 10 and a half. And all the mass, like one of the things that we always talked about was trying to get the mass as close to the head as possible. So you're slinging less to get the the elevator and aileron as close to symmetrical as possible. Right. But there's just certain limits to what you can put up there. So he like got all, every single servo right near the head. You've seen the pictures. He got the packs up on the nose, kind of like 6HV style right. um, and Velo style. Because Velo is actually, you know, I still have one of the original ones in my garage. It's awesome. But, you know, for as, as insane as it was, it had all the mass really close to the disc and it, it spun like a top, like on the cyclic, it was crazy cyclic power. And so, you know, um, so when I flew that thing, I'm like, okay, I need one. And I'm like, <laughs> how many, how many hours, like 90 hours, whatever it took him to make it. And like, okay, you know, what about this is your hourly rate? So like I handed him a pile of cash. I'm like, make me one. Um, wow. and I sent him all the electronics and I'm like, you can, you know, since it's the second one you're building, why don't you test it and, you know, make sure, um, and then, um, and actually Ken who owns that ranch, he's ordered two from him now. So, um, wow. he, he so yeah, Quinn recently moved and he plans on, and I, I tried, we were talking about a partnership at one point to like try to make uh, 50 or hundred, uh, kit run. That'd be amazing. Um, and you know, they were going to be expensive cause they're kind of handmade, but I also feel like there's enough of us out there that are okay with the boutique heli. Uh, and, and this one, you know, was just the most special thing ever. So I'm still hoping he gets, you know, he's he's still planning on it. It's just going to take some years to get it to where he's going to sell it, but amazing helicopter. That's awesome. So you mentioned some, some events, some fun flies that you, you gone to or been to or plan to go to. What are some of the staple ones on your side of the country? Yeah. So, well, we used to have RCHN. And um, that that was amazing because of the effort they put into it. I mean, it was like an insane production. And, you know, the Northwest crew I became very close with. So uh, for many years, I went to that um, before, you know, they, that podcast ended. But I just had an amazing time with those guys uh, going to that event. And even one year, I brought my family up. What I, my, my typical MO is I, I rent an RV and have it delivered at the site. So when I drive up, I basically have my hotel already set up for right. <laughs> yep. dude that's the way to roll and and you know no hotel not like dragging my helis around like i just like get in there and you know it, you know it's got enough water for some quick showers and and you know whatever um so yeah in terms of events um was rchn um we've been holding event uh, an event at uh, ken's ranch 
which has turned into a great thing. Um, and then we used to have one down at Morgan Hill until the bridge collapsed there. Um, and then there was a Ventura event, which hasn't happened in a little while. And then uh, events are happening in San Diego. Um, there's like the, I think they're called Buzzing on the Border. And I've been to that. Yeah. I was at that last time. I had a great time. That one literally, you know, you're right at the Mexican border. So you just, um, Mexico border. Uh, and you just like look over, you can see, like, it looks completely different. Wow. Um, um, and so, um, it would also, there's one in Palomar that I used to go to. I haven't been to that one in a while, but I really love that one. And then, uh, and I'll travel to, to some events. Um, you know, I go to Urcha and I've been to, um, you know, some East, East coast events, not too often because it's like a you know big deal to get everything and get on a plane and do all that stuff. But I, I you know, I want to get to more, of course, with the current situation, kind of less motivation to get on a plane and go anywhere. Sure. Um, so it's kind of coming down to where I can drive. And I know not this weekend, but next weekend is what they call it Quellus. It's another like South San Diego event. Right. Um, and I so, said Cholas or something. Cholas, like Cholas, Cholas, yeah. Cholas, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's the foreigner on the show. That's why they keep me around. <laughs> uh, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, I didn't realize that was coming up. I've kind of just like, not thought about events in a while, um, you know, with what's going on, but I would love to go to an event right now. I think Urcha, like I'm, I'm not terribly motivated to go this year, but it'll be the first Urcha I've missed in a long time. That's but the more I, reason to go. I know, but it's like, I, like I'm on the West coast. I'm not driving. I'm like, freaking <laughs> no way. Um, so I'm going to fly and I guess, you know, flying isn't unsafe for this. I mean, you just, I'm not like fearful, you know, I can, you know, flying's all right, but I don't know. It's like, Either either you want to take precautions or you don't, you know, in this whole thing. And if you're on the on the camp where you want to take precautions, it's kind of hard to do it conveniently and travel like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think I'm quite on the I don't really care camp, you know, with like family and everything. I just like want to protect that. So like I'm not. I don't know if I'm willing to to, to go for it. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. want to drive. I mean, you know, I've got I've, I only own electric cars now, so that'd be a lot of charging to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> right just charge a few 12 s packs you'll be okay i know i've gone on road trips with our model x and uh it's actually great it's a, it's amazing but you know you do you know it does i did like i went to san diego in it and uh i did have to stop for like 40 minutes to supercharge oh. which i need i need to pee and eat anyway so it was about right, right. so it was all right you just need to put a falcon underneath the hood you'll be all right yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, just a guinea pig that I can just keep slapping it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of it. We, oh, um, I'm blanking on the other names now. I wish I saw the question that I would have listed all of them. Um, there's another one that's um, inland a little bit, which is amazing, um, and that one got canceled too. But I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, if it comes to me, I'll let you know. But yeah, so we basically have. Every year, I probably go to about eight, eight or nine events. I make it to eight or nine, so you know, still pretty good. I still, you know, I still, I like to get out there as much as I can. I go to the Arizona event. That one's always been amazing. Um, you know, JC Zankel has been putting it on, and and now now the other folks are taking over since he he moved to Indiana. Um, so yeah, there's you know, so anything driving or short flight, I'll do. Okay. So I tell you what, let's uh, let's sort of dive into the Protoss Nitro topic, and uh, more or less, why don't you kind of give us the um, how it came about? You know, how did you become 
so involved with it and uh you know just kind of give us the the back history on on your involvement with that yeah um i mean i went really down the rabbit hole with msh and i think um that was kind of my mo like i've always been really motivated to to get involved in the technical side and uh you know with msh um you know i really you know met them back when you know brain came out in 2011 and and i flogged their system on the on the heli freak forum <laughs> right. and, they, and they and they invited me in to be a beta tester and kind of from that point forward um i had a really close relationship with them and you know they asked me to be you know a team pilot i did that and and then uh you know they were sending me beta code like every week and i was giving you know you know just my input on it and and then as time went on they came out with um i don't remember the protos v1 and so i you know i was already deep in with them um at that point so the original proto 700 v1 um was a horrendous flop like absolutely like crappy machine and it was sixteen hundred dollars and it, it came with a yge couldn't buy it without it it came with a, a brain one and uh you know and it, it and it like just a bunch of stuff you didn't necessarily want and 1600 bucks it was like horrifically expensive even with that equipment and uh you know had huge problems like one ways and like it couldn't auto and i remember when that thing came out um you know they were promising me one and i, I was like it was like two years late i think it finally came out in like 2013 or something and they finally sent me one and it was just like breaking all the time. I'm like, guys, this is horrendous. I'm like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? And and I know, and I was always, I was never someone that I'm not very polite. I'm very nice, but I'm also very frank because that's just, you know, I'm kind of from that that background where mm. you know the data, the data is the data, and that's what's gotten me in trouble many times over the year. Sure. But it's like, I, you know, I'm looking at the data. This is what this thing is doing. There's all these design flaws. Your price is ridiculous. Like you guys don't have a product. And I remember when that kit shipped. You know these companies like Experience RC or and others like got them in stock and they just sat. I mean, it was horror. It was just a train wreck, and um, and they were about to go out of business. And I'm like, look, you know, and it was actually at a point to where you know before this had happened, you know, they would listen to my opinion, but you know they kind of had their own ego and it wasn't like they weren't letting me run the show per se, right? And um, I'm like, dude, you guys, this is not right. Like you're gonna like what what were you thinking you know why are you doing that why is it one belt why isn't it two belts like you you know and they're like well it wouldn't be a protos if it you know had two belts i'm like are you kidding me like what other great two belt heli even exists like you have that tech so they had all these horrible ideas in their head that were driving the design and i'm like look let's try to build the best helicopter what is the best helicopter to us and so you know that was where i started getting really deeply involved with um you know the airframe and how to how to develop the airframe and from that kind of situations where the protos v2 was born um and you know that's when we eventually came to know with the two belts um and but you know by then you know the way they you know they they would never had great interactions with dealers like i mean to be frank like the the social aspect of the hobby they were very bad at in terms of you know and now that, that's always been a big part of the hobby like you, you you know you need to have relationships and friends and people to support you throughout the industry and if people start to dislike you for whatever reason like you know, you're you know you, you're harsh or you're just a jerk or whatever 
and some of that, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, there was a particular person at MSH, you know, that kind of got that, you know, kind of feedback. I mean, he was Corrado, right? Like he was always nice to me, but you know, he, he set a lot of people off. So there was always, he created friction in a lot of places that eventually really hurt his business. I don't know that he would ever necessarily admit that, but that, you know, those kinds of things are not good in business, right? Like they have no place there. Uh, but unfortunately that happened. So, um, you know, this, I, this, it, this is about 2014. The Protos V2 wasn't doing that great around then. Um, and the, the 380 was about to come out. And, um, you know, we had just moved to a bigger house. Um, and, you know, my wife was, you know, raising her children. You know, it wasn't working. And uh, they approached me. They're like, hey, you know, would you like like to own the U.S. and, you know, and also continue doing like this design and test work with us and, you know, fly wireless development. And at that point I was pretty deep with them and I'm like, yeah, you know, I like Vegas. I'm willing to <laughs> take a gamble. Um, and so that, that was kind of where the idea of MSH USA uh, was born. Hmm. And so, um, you know, we started our, you know, we started the company and became the, you know, the U S distributor. Um, and really, I mean, at that point, that model was already, proven like you had Mikado USA, Saab USA, that was the, and the, the, you know, the hobby had started shrinking and that was, you know, the, the model that really worked the best because dealers really only wanted to carry what was going to sell. And if that, and if you were trying to you improve know, a model like the Protos and, and connect with customers, well, if, you know, Amin doesn't carry the parts and if only fine helis doesn't carry the parts and if heli direct doesn't carry the parts, you're not going to buy the heli. Right. And, right. and, so suddenly you're in this situation where you think you have a great model, but like you, you can't talk them into carrying all the parts. So people buy it and then they're stranded. So, you know, that, this is why you need a Saab USA. This is why you need a Mikado USA, because you need to have the ability to get the customers what they need, especially in our hobby where, you know, these are disposable things. These are things that, you know, constantly breaking and needing maintenance. And if we don't have a part, we're done with that company. Like I've, sure. I'm, I'm absolutely furious when I buy a heli and I can't, you know, a new heli even like brand new, I can't get parts for six months because mm -hmm. that's happened recently. I bought a new heli, can't get parts for six months, you know, and, and I, I'm sadly one of those people that just breaks stuff all the time, you know, and uh, like, I, you know, I just have my helis tumbling down the flight line breaking. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like if I can't buy parts, I get really disappointed. And, and that's actually something that's been happening too much lately. Like they'll ship a new model and then they don't have the parts out for months. And I, I think that's just got to stop. Like you got to get the parts pipeline. Like you can't do that. Um, it really turns people off fast. So that first impression really matters. Um, but yeah, so, you know, back on topic. Um, so, so we started MSH USA. And so, you know, I, with the 380, I was um, really involved with, you know, how we wanted to evolve their, their mini protos. Cause they had this mini protos that was very popular and it's kind of got a new life now too. Well, it's been morphed by XL power, but you know, it's kind of like a more like the old mini protos. Um, and so we had this um, architecture in mind for this new heli with a high center of gravity and um, two, two belts, uh, lightweight, but very robust, very high tail performance. Uh, and it was key that it had a wide head speed ratio because I love doing mixed head speed flying. And I think you know that appeals to the wider market as well because people want something you can fly low and high and have good performance. And so, you know, we built this 380. And I still think to this day, it's like, I don't know, the, the best MSH helicopter. It's just an absolutely fabulous small helicopter because um, it's just like the perfect weight and feel. Um, so that came out and that was actually like probably a very successful heli. So I launched that from MSH USA. And at that point in time, I owned all their marketing. 
Um, and I was driving all that development. So everything I think you saw from 2014, 2015, probably like looked a lot different than the old MSH because I, I was really driving all the marketing and the, um, developing all the stuff that people were seeing. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I built a flight team. Uh, I mean, I still miss those guys. That was the best part about owning a company, like having you know, your buddies on a team and, you know, showing up at an event and just, and, and, you know, and, and for, you know, since it was, you know, my flight team, the number one priority was having a good time. And, and we had a good time. Like there was no BS. It was just like, have a good time, do whatever, you know, no strict rules, whatever, you know, we were just, yeah. it was awesome. And we had, most of us were on the West coast. So it's like t- difficult to, you know, get a lot of people going to the East coast, it's kind of just the way it works where you are, they come. So, mm-hmm. um, so those were some super fun years. And, um, you know, we, the, the, you know, the Proto 700 V2, and you know, that evolved into the Evolusione. <laughs> Is that how you say it? <laughs> well, every time I would like, actually talk to them on the phone, I would say Evolusione. They're like, no, Alex, <laughs> Evolusione. I'm like, dude, okay, I, I just give up, okay? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give it justice. I think everybody has their own spin on that too. Yeah. Because yeah. I think my grow a mustache my- to say it right. <laughs> I don't know. I've just, I've just embarrassed myself, but, um, so yeah. So, you know, and that whole concept, so, you know, David was always really into composites and molding that, that was his strength. And if you've noticed like the MSH over the years, you know, it had a lot of you know plastics in it that were really intelligent, like structurally strong and used in the right places, right, in general. And actually, that's something that you'll look at some helis from a lot of companies. They don't have that technology. Um, yeah. It's just not in their wheelhouse. You know, they're just their carbon and their aluminum, and that's how they build their heli. And, yeah, they'll have, like, plastic links and a little plastic, but nothing like, okay, you're going to build plastic tail grips, you know, like, you know, and Mikado is similar, right? And man, the tail on the Proto 700 and the Proto Nitro, like still nothing beats it. It's just unbelievable to me. Like, ah, I love it. I mean, it just does everything right. It doesn't resonate. You can overspeed you and it's just nothing happens. It's just so robust. And so he was really good like that. Um, and so he also was into the composite um, boom. So, you know, he developed this carbon strutless boom for the Proto V2. Um, that later evolved into the Evolusione and it was just absolutely gorgeous. So, you know, we set out to take the, the Protos uh, platform, the 700 platform, and make the most beautiful helicopter we could. And so, uh, you know, we went back and forth for a long time to kind of create that Evolusione look. And I still think it's like one of the more gorgeous helicopters out there. Um, and it wasn't too heavy either. It came in at like 12.3, 12.5, something like that. Hmm. And I still I still have one. I have a, a, a 770 14S with like that Xnova 50XX Gorilla motor. Oh, wow. Um, and it's one of the few airframes that can really, because that belt is so strong, it can handle that torque. And the reason I want a can that big is because of the dynamic flying. So in that helicopter, the real heavy can has a, has a has more cogging effect. So when you run partial throttle, because, you know, there's a real optimum torque range in a motor. But when you run, like, partial throttle and you're geared for, like, 1900, we want to run 1100, having that bigger can makes it chug through the low head speed way better. So it's, it's just, like, the most amazing dynamic head speed machine I've ever owned. So that's I kept that one. I still have uh, another, you know, like a 700X eventually evolved it into a lighter weight 700 so that happened and then uh coming up to 2016 um we kicked off uh, actually a protos 570 project and so i still have that prototype by the way um oh wow and so yeah and it it wasn't great i mean it was it was a really good heli like the prototype flew amazing 
but like the prototype was quite heavy. I think um, as a 600, it was right at nine pounds. Um, and as a 550, like, you know, I, I couldn't get it much below eight and a half or, you know, it's, it needed a lot of work on the weight. And that was one thing that was always difficult for them was to figure out how to get the right weight out. And I guess, you know, when we, t- when we touch on the transition to XL power, you know, I'm going to give Ross some props when he took it over, he's really good at finding ways to get weight out. Um, and, and that's like one of his, like, like, I'm, you know, definitely, you know, acknowledge his skill at finding creative ways to get weight out. So, so um, yeah, so we uh, kicked off this Protoss 570, and then quickly after that, um, you know, we decided we wanted to do a Nitro. Um, you know, I think, you know, for like Corrado and David, you know, when they had started the hobby, um, you know, 2005, uh, you, know, you know, the beginnings of MSH, um, you know, they were all flying Nitros, and they loved Nitro. And so, you know, the idea of doing a Nitro was great. I think at this point, the company was not doing well financially. And so pretty much I was keeping them afloat. I was giving them, you know, and I, okay, I'm going to say things that make me sound really stupid, but like, I knew I was gambling. So, um, you know, I was giving him loans and, uh, you know, it's like with some interest and I was, I was keeping the company alive, um, you know, and, and there, there was a way to make money out of that at some point, but, you know, I, I was really, you know, finding ways to get the company up. But in reality, what was going on with them when I look back on it is like they were just trying to survive and feed their families. So a lot of times when I was helping out or paying for, uh, for example, I, I bought like 100 uh, Protoss Nitro kits. And I think I gave them, some, I don't remember it was, like 60K or something. And that money 100% went to paying their rent and feeding their families. So it was just va- evaporated. And um uh, I can let me jump back to how the Protoss Nitro started, and I can get get into what happened to the Protoss Nitro. But um, so we decided to do a Protoss Nitro, and um, so they they you know, we went through the design, and I think what we really wanted, you know, I owned several Nitros at that point. I really there was never a Nitro that kind of fit all the things. Like okay, the Alliant Nitro was great in so many ways, and still a legend. And then you know there was some that you know okay, it's got boom supports on it, and like the CG is okay, and or it's like okay this one's light but it's using 600 mechanics and it's got you know some issues with the head dampening or this and that and so i'm like you know let's build the ultimate nitro and so we try to figure out what that was and so you know we started uh working on that and came up with some concepts and then we had like the first prototype i believe um was like early 2017 you know i got the first you know they got the first one flying and then you know they test test hovered it a few times and then shipped it over to me so i started doing the flight testing on the first prototype and at that point we were using like um you know links clutch and align tank and you know you'll if you own a person like today you'll know that you could put any aligned clutch in there and any aligned tank it just happens to fit so that kind of stuff that kind of first thing i noticed when i opened the box yeah exactly like oh that looks familiar yeah exactly uh and and that was actually part of it like you know hey you know why do we need to reinvent the tank you know like these are just generic parts you know they should it's great if it could be the same um and so that you know that was kind of baked into the architecture and on top of that you know we wanted it to be light and but we and in terms of styling um i worked with a really uh talented artist his name is Tomas. Who's actually at the? T- I don't know if you remember like the cra- crazy Protos videos, like with the wicked uh, Blur Piro guy flying Protoses. Remember, remember yep. this? Yep. yep. So, so, so he was a super talented artist, 
And um, so I, I went worked with him and, you know, I funded all this uh, to create a look for this thing. And that's where the current canopy design came from. Actually, it's been tweaked a little bit. I think, I mean, my, I think it looked a little better when we designed it, but it's, it's still really almost the same. Um, and so, you know, we came up with like, and it was really based on the, uh, you know, like, you know, like 100% disclosure. I like the way the logo 700 looked. So I'm like, let's, and I started with that scheme. Let's take that, but then let's add some, you know, some changes to it. So that was kind of the basis for it. Cause I've always thought the logo 700 had a great base appeal. Like ever, even though they only sold one canopy, like everyone kind of liked it. And right. so, you know, I think that's really important to try to hit on a canopy design that most people really like. It's gotta be visible. It's gotta be appealing. So, you know, that was where the whole Protoss Nitro look came from. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, we, I started flying it a lot. I probably had 500, I don't know. I just, I was flying it nonstop. Like I just, and, and, you know, I'd like been plowing it and fixing it and blowing it up. Um, I broke it in many different ways, um, learning about it and having a great time. It was just amazing going through all that. And then um, at that time, Jesse Cavros uh, joined the MSH team because he actually lives near me. I'm like, and I, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, he was interested at that point and I'm like, well, yeah, I've got this Protoss 570 prototype and, uh, you know, Protoss Nitro's here and like, let's work on it together. So we, you know, we, so we were, you know, flying it together and getting his feedback and he's, you know, world-class pilot and giving good feedback and, uh, and he was flying brain to giving feedback on that. And so, uh, yeah, so, um, came to Urcha 2017 and, things were not going well in MSH land, you know, in Italy, you know, financially not doing well. And I, you know, I had already ordered a uh, hundred kits and, you know, whatever it was 60 K or something off to them for that. And so I, I, you know, I love Urcha and I, I felt like in 2017, you know, in the Urchas before that, like less and less uh, announcements are happening to Urcha. People come to Urcha really wanting to see something new and not, not getting it anymore. And, you know, and I was thinking back to like, you know, the early Velos, because I, you know, I was like a, the, the first test pilot on a Velos. And, you know, I was very fortunate to end up working with uh, Velos on that. And, um, you know, I, just going to Urcha and seeing a Velos or going to Urcha and seeing, you know, a Goblin or whatever was new. And, and so I really wanted to keep it a secret and then show it for the first time at Urcha. So um, I'm going to sound stupid again, but I basically, MSH didn't want to build the prototypes for Urcha, and so I'm like, I'll just pay for them, whatever. And so uh, I think it was close to um, 4K, 5K to get those prototypes built. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was spending some money, right? But, you know, I was okay losing it, right? If you remember, I'm gambling, I have a day job. And <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm like living out of fantasy, essentially, you know, running in this company, having a flight team, like, you know, just having the best time ever in my hobby. And here I am going to Urcha. You know, I've got my pro pilot with Jesse, and I'm flying it too. And we're basically, you know, going to shock Urcha with this thing. So we did that. We went to Urcha, showed it for the first time, and people just freaking loved it. And Jesse and I were on the flight line flying the center stage demos, um, you know, flying at the Friday party, um, just going nuts, flying it up and down Urcha. And I had the most amazing time flying that thing in front of people. Like, it was great. And Jesse had a good time. And people wanted it bad, you know, I think the heli looked great. And, um, you know, I remember spending, um, all Wednesday at Urcha with Nick Maxwell. Cause like literally we just gotten the kids got them built. And I basically, you know, Nick is the nicest guy on the planet. He's like, 
okay, you know, uh, I'll just spend the day with you and get you guys, get your motor tuned. And he, so he flew, our, you know, he, he watched us flying it. He didn't fly it at that point. Um, and he's like, okay, just kind of land, land. And like, this is Jesse's heli. Takes his motor out. He's like, I'm taking this thing apart. Like, you've screwed this thing up so bad. <laughs> so oh you like, you know, just completely field stripped this, this OS 105. Rebuilt it on the spot, put it back in, tuned it, and it just flew freaking amazing at that point. <laughs> so, you know, Nick was amazing. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I use this clunk. Yours is junk. And, like, I have this special clunk that I bought from this guy in Japan. You can't get it anywhere else. And, like, he was just, like, the most amazing guy. So, wow. Uh, so yeah, we had a great time with that. We got our got our uh, Protoss Nitrous flying well, and so then um, you know, Urcha's over, and you know, August is done, and uh, I'm like, okay, so you know, the kids are supposed to be here in November, and um, I'm like, so how's it going? And, and you know, I'm talking to David, and, and they're, oh yeah, good, yeah, it's yeah, it's on time. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. So what's new? And I'm not getting enough, so I'm starting to get nervous. And so I think it was, I don't know, maybe it was around November or maybe October. I'm like, okay, whatever. This, this Something's going wrong. I don't know what's going on here. And so, you know, Luca was building all the CNC. Uh, and, you know, same, same Luca from Oxy. He has a CNC shop in Vietnam. And, he, and so he was doing the initial CNC runs for these 100 kits. And so I just get on the phone. I call Luca. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know, why? What's the delay about? Like, you know, this is like we're going to really need to ship this because my personal philosophy is if you're going to announce something, you need to ship it within three months or all the hype is gone. So I right. put all this money and effort into building insane hype at Urcha. And I'm, I'm running out of my rope. I'm like, OK, three month hype window is gone. You know, I, I, this is what's going on. Like, you know, we were well ahead. Like, the kits were already off to being made by the time we were at Urcha. And Lucas, like, what, Alex? Like, I was wondering who's building it. Like, I'm not building it. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're not building it? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I thought they just quit. Like, I don't. I thought they were going somewhere else. Like, I'm really worried. I'm like, oh my god. And so I'm like, I like call up. I'm like, we need a meeting now. So we have right. a meeting. And they're like, yeah, we didn't start it. And and they try to blame him. They're like, oh, we sent him the drawings, and he was supposed to be making it. I'm like, really? I'm like, you know, I do development for a living. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. So you sent in the drawing. So then when did you follow up and get all the, the DFM design for manufacturability? Like, and they're like, well, he never wrote us back. I'm like, okay, you guys are full of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're not on the phone calling him every day. You know, your build isn't happening. Come on. So you know, they lied to me at that point. I was emotionally done with the company. Mm. Um, but you know, they, at that point had um, a lot of my money in terms of loans um that they were paying back and and i'm like okay you know can i have my money back like we can't we don't have it blah 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 and at that point they're like you know we'll give you parts it'll give you you know whatever extra you know extra margin on parts whatever and credit against your parts whatever so basically you know owning msh usa i was in a situation where i had to like sell hundred thousand dollars in heli parts to try to even break even or more 130 130k without the kits and and I'm like, well, just send me, send me a hundred thousand dollars in brains. I don't, I, you know, brains are selling fantastic. And they're like, oh, well, since we, you know, they haven't paid the software guy here. Oh my gosh. And, and so oh. he basically, you know, bought brain and created MSH electronics at that point, by you know, by using his, you know, the money they owed him. And so brain had now left MSH. So I think the wheels were coming off. Right. And so I'm like, oh, okay. 
I'm like, I'm talking to my wife, let's just close the company. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's just like, I'm like, let's just like sign off this money, you know, sign it off on our taxes. It is what it is. And she's like, no, 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 we still run it. You know, we don't need to just walk away from this money. I'm like, I don't think I can do this for a year. Right. Because right? it's like, how do you support a brand where this has happened to you? Right. You've basically just now been completely traumatized. Right. Right. And, 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 uh, and she just really didn't want to walk away from it. I'm like, all right. So I just suck it up. And so, yeah, it was basically my 2018 with this. Um, you know, I still love the helicopters, but you know, the nitro was dead. The 570 was dead. And, um, it was over for them. And, and so 2018, you know, the company continued to sink and that's when they approached me to like buy part of the company. And I'm like, well, how much I'm never going to do it. I mean, like, at this point, right. I know they're lying to me and all this stuff. And like, they gave me some number, like 300,000. I just laughed. I'm like, dude, your company, and anyway, three ways. I'm like, yeah, or whatever. I mean, that was insane. Um, so the company continued to sink and they made some last ditch efforts with me. You're like, Hey, you know, you know, if you let's build a Protoss Nitro, and um, you know, if you okay, if you send us forty thousand dollars, we'll give you fifty or some number of kits, or whatever. It was like it was like forty or fifty. I don't know. And and like we'll show you the receipts and whatever. I'm like, and and I remember like I wrote this huge email like you guys lie, you freaking blah blah blah. I wrote this huge long email and then I hit delete and then I, I responded like no thank you. <laughs> Right. So, right. you know, it was like, no way at that point. I mean, they, that, you know, that they completely betrayed me at that point. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So the company sunk and sunk and finally, you know, they, it was unsustainable. I was, I had stopped paying, putting any money in and, you know, got out what I could and took the rest of my inventory, shipped it off to like Shannon and said, whatever, here you go. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was just windy. I needed to get out. And so at that point, um, you know, Ra, the owner of XL Power, you know, saw they were dying. He didn't want to see XL Power go under and, or sorry, MSH go under. And so he got like a screaming deal on all the remaining assets. Wow. And um, he really loved the Protoss Nitro. Like he loved everything we had shown and done. And so really when he got the company, the two things he wanted to, to ship first was a, a much cheaper version of the Protoss 380. Uh, and because, you know, the Protoss 380 was fairly expensive for what you got. And, you know, and part of that was that, you know, the costing that MSH got was never the best, right? Not the kind of costing that like raw could get through his manufacturing. Mm. Um, you know, it's just, it was different because, you know, they're in Europe and they just couldn't get to that, like that. They didn't have any tool use manufacturing. The companies that can get really good prices can basically sneak in on the manufacturing line. So the cost of the manufacturing is really covered by different verticals. And MSH didn't have that. They just had to pay a third party. And that makes it very expensive. So they could never get super competitive on the costing. Um, but yeah, so Ra got it. And, you know, he contacted me. Right? And this is now a couple of years later. Um, and he's like, you know, what what needed to be done for production? And I gave him my long list. I'm like, well, the number one thing was, you know, my, my prototype was you know it had a lot of extra metal in it that you know needed was going to go in the production anyway so it was going to be lighter but my you know my prototype was sitting it around about this i mean not, i own a black nitro goblin I, I really like it and mine's like a drake but it was coming in about the same weight without canopy as a black nitro and then you had the canopy on you know so maybe it was 100 grams 150 grams and the the final one was probably going to be just at the same weight as a black nitro and, and you know like we got the prototype stuff on it because had a lot of pro so you know that was like 
you know, th- those parts that we were looking at like 10.3 pounds, which is probably exactly where my black nitro is, which is a great weight for a nitro. Sure. Um, and, um, but I'm like, you know, like if we can get this down sub 10, it's going to be a smash hit because everything is great about this helicopter. It fits 710 plus. It's like super easy to work on. It's got an insanely robust tail. It autos amazing. And even though it's belt, like it just, everything was great. Like if we can get it into nine pounds, things would be like a smash hit. And so, you know, when I was talking to Rob, it's like, yeah, they, you know, they were really struggling to find out the creative ways to get more weight out. And it's like, you know, we, we expect it to be about 10.3. And he's like, oh, okay. And he, like, I have some ideas. And so, um, you know, Rod did his thing on it and like, oh my God, like the production one, you know, when I got it, uh, I think I'm right at like nine and a half pounds dry, like full blown with a backup guard, a battery canopy. It's like, it's only 50 grams heavier than a Glogo, you know, which in the Glogo architecture heavily leverages. And I love my Glogo. I, you know, it's, it's amazing, but my Glogo is only 50 grams lighter than my Protos. And, 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 you know, they're both amazing helicopters, but like, you know, the Protos Nitro is like a true 700 it uses the 700 mechanics. I'm not saying that the Glogo isn't, I mean, please people stop shooting me, but you know, there, when you own a Glogo, you know, there's certain things that, you know, get it to that weight. Sure. You know, it's hard. And it's just like, there's some magic going on with what Ra had done to pull the weight out of the gear. He pulled the weight out of the head. He pulled a little weight out of the boom, pulled a little weight out of this and that. He just kind of nipped and tucked. At, you know, he like changed the way, that, you know, he pulled out the screws. He shortened all the screws. Like, if you notice, he uses a lot of short screws. And so, like, he got that weight down. And so, you know, I still have my original Protoss Nitro, or one of, I blew up one of my, one of the last two, but I have one still. And uh, when I flew it for the first time, I was just like, my jaw hit the ground. Like, it's like, it's as light as a Glogo, but I'm I'm flying VTX 717s on it, or, you know, it's like, is insane. So I, I'm super stoked with the final heli. Um, nice. but yeah, that's kind of my Protoss Nitro story. There are a few things when we get into it, uh, you know, with, yeah. with Mike and stuff that, you know, the first batch that need addressing, but thankfully they're very minor and addressable. So, yeah. So, uh, quick question. When you were designing the Protoss Nitro, and this is your regular design, obviously, not well, the. the, the I, I just want to clarify, I just want to clarify that. Like, I, I wasn't, I was consulting, but the designer was David, right? I don't want to. Okay. I hate okay. people that claim I'm the designer. Anyway, so, gotcha. so I was involved from like day one of CAD, like talking about stuff with David, like, you know, we're, we're, he was the mechanical engineer and I was kind of the, the, you know, kind of had a vision. So, but, but, you know, he was, he was the guy putting pencil to paper. I, I just want to make sure he gets the credit. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, sure. I didn't know that. So I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. So uh, as the designing is going on, um, do you know with the original MSH, uh, version of this did they have intentions of doing different style like different length booms like they did with the electric version like to be able to get up to maybe like an 800 class nitro or something like that no i mean you know technically the evo boom does work on it um so if you if you really wanted to do that you could like the architecture is it allows for it okay. um but that was never the intent um we developed a special boom for it so like if you remember the 700x uh electric that came out with this carbon boom and uh you know in the initial prototype i put boom supports on it and the aluminum boom and it was quite tail heavy and I also really didn't like boom supports. And so you know, we set out, and, and at that time, all the uh, booms were made at um, basically a composite bicycle shop in Italy. 
and you know they were making these really amazing lightweight bike frames and so they were also making the, the msh boom so it didn't make them very cheap um but we worked on designing a very lightweight boom that was still the same strength um or close to the same strength i mean you can't like keep the same strength with less material but it was close i mean it has the same rigidity but you know maybe not as robust and hammering it so um so yeah, that that boom uh, when we got it was absolutely amazing. I, that's one of the best parts of the Proto Nitro is that boom. But you can still put like the old aluminum boom with supports on it, and um, you know if you want a less expensive solution, all that stuff still works. And if you wanted to do a crazy Nitro 800 experiment, um, you know you could you could get an Evo boom, and you could you could put it on it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's all modular. It's still the same 700 stuff. Uh, you know, it just, it now has a clutch stack and the clutch stack also, you know, we leveraged, you know, I mean, just frankly, like leveraged the line. Well, really we leveraged Luca because Luca was doing the CNC and Luca had innovated some, you know, heavy duty clutches back, you know, back in the early Align days. And so we leveraged that clutch design. And even today, if you look at it, it closely resembles the Lynx clutch. Um, you know, Raw, you know, changed a few things on it um, based on, I guess, his manufacturing ability of it. But uh, it's fundamentally a Lynx clutch that's in there. Um, so yeah, it's a. Uh, so yeah, um, really. So it's, it goes, we got a we got a quick question. You know, before we get into kind of comparing the old, you know, the the initial design to what Raw put on the table now. Sure. From your perspective. Uh, what was the best part about the initial design of the Poros Nitro? Is there like a certain certain feature or was it a boom like you were talking about? What do you think it was the best that you guys came up with in the design phase? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think for all of us Nitro guys, you know, it's the whole package. Like, okay, how easy it to, is it to work on? How easy is it to drop the motor? How does it fly? What's the head geometry like? Um, what is the weight distribution like? How does the CG change? How is the tail authority? Um, you know, like how well is the auto? How does it look? Um, you know, all those things you know, kind of combine for us Nitro people to make something that's appealing. And it was a great collection of those things. It had a solid clutch stack. It went together really well. It was you know incredibly reliable. It had no supports. It was very sexy. It had a very sexy canopy scheme. It also had. A, uh, it was also very big. Like. If you fly a Protoss Nitro, it is a big helicopter, right? But amazingly, it's light. So you're getting a big presence. And I love a big presence, right? Like, you yeah. know, when I, I'm a smack. I, you know, like I love smack. And having a big helicopter with a big presence like, is way more fun than having a little one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it had all those things going for it. Um, you know, it just had an, you know, an amazing flight feel with the, with the dampening system, but it was also like a super robust head that just never needs maintenance really, unless you plow it. Um, and like the tail is unbelievable. Like, you know, one of the things with, you know, if you remember, if you ever flew the old, uh, I'm nothing against the line, but you flew that original Align Nitro, right. And you, you know, if you're doing the, t- you're trying to do the Tim Jones imitation, you know, you were doing very custom things to get that tail to do what you wanted and, and stay robust. Um, you know, the Protos had, a, you know, has an amazing belted tail, um, with really good geometry and you know just really well balanced rotor um, so all those things you know it was just a great helicopter um super easy to work on low parts counts um you know at that time I had magnetic canopy mounts plop the canopy on now it doesn't you know something to change but um yeah i just it was just you know a great nitro just just like if you love nitro it was a great nitro right like you wanted that's the hell you wanted to go and beat it the field and have a good time with your friends right like that's what we were trying to make and that and you also it also just looked great it looked unique right 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 so having said that 
uh, we you've covered a lot, and so you mentioned weight savings and some of the tactics that that Raw took. Um, but what are some of the uh, differences between the prototype MSH versus our now today production model that XL Power is putting out? Is there is there yeah. massive changes other than no. weight savings, or is it pretty much the same? It's very, very close. Um, yeah, so the things that changed from the prototype I had, so if I'm just holding the prototype, the prototype had like a lot of 3D printed parts on it, obviously. So, you know, the final one had the molded parts on it. Um, the prototype had a line tank, it didn't have the final tank. Um, it had a line clutch and a link or links clutch and um, like, you know, the align uh, shroud. Um, I had just gotten, well, I guess the. Um, the uh, fan enclosure, uh, van shroud was like 3D printed, um, and so I hadn't gotten the final plastic on that yet. Um, and you know, but it was working really well. The motor was running well with it. Um, it had a very thick main gear, and so um, you know, Raw looked at that and basically gutted the main gear and uh, pulled all the weight out of the main gear. Um, we had already designed basically um, this was interesting. So you know we were really trying to pull one weight out of the one way, especially anything that was rotating. So um, at that time, I'm sure there's other helis that had done it, but I had not seen a heli that put the uh, one way bearing directly on the main shaft. And so we decided to put the one way directly in the main shaft. and then, um, of course, you know, when I started testing that, I started testing that on the electric first, you know, doing over speeds and stuff and disengaging at a high speed. I was wearing down the shaft. Right. So we had done um, like a partial hardened shaft because normally you don't want to harden a main shaft because if you over harden it, it'll crack on you and flight. And that, that's not, you know, no one likes it when their head pops off like Tom Shim. Um, so. <laughs> hey, you know, you forget the Loctite. No, no, no. Um, but um so yes, yeah, so we we'd gone with this idea of partially hardening the main shaft just to where the one way uh, engaged with it, and that pulled a lot of weight out of it. And so um, I don't I don't know that I don't know if the current main shaft is is uh, hardened or not. I'm guessing. I looked at it. I don't think that it is. So I'm interested to see. I still I don't I overspeed a lot less. Um, you know, with the nitro, but I do auto like a ton. So I'm, I'm interested to see. Um, you know, what the wear looks like on that main shaft. I'm a little concerned. It, it shouldn't. You know, as long as, you know, and I still, I do overspeed my nitros here and there. I mean, it's kind of foolish. I just, you know, but when you run out of stuff to do, you, I overspeed. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm, right. I'm an overspeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's always entertaining. Right. Um, so your nitro engine just hates you, but it's fine. Um, and so that changed. Um, it, he put uh, standard mounts. So, you know, when I uh, got my produce, my production kit, I put the magnetic mounts back on. Um, but, um, I bought a second Protoss Nitro kit, so I haven't built it up yet, but I'm going to, I tried the standard mounts and I like them a lot anyway. The only one I don't like is the front where like you have to be very careful not to burn yourself on the, you know, with the magnetic canopy mounts, you just, you grab the sure. back, yep. you split the ears and you pop it forward. And, and now, you know, it's got the, the, um, grommet right near the, you know, the muffler. And so when you're all hyped up from your flight and you're going to go pull off your canopy, then you burn your finger, right? That's so, such a, and this, the, yeah. you know, that's not the first time we've seen that. That's been happening for years. Even the T-Rex yeah. 600 was that way. Yeah, and that pisses me off. So, <laughs> so I don't like that. And that's why we have the magnetic mount. So I'm going to put magnetic mounts in the front only, and then I'm, I'll just leave the stock ones in the back. I'm, you know, it's a nice compromise too. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it's mandatory to put magnetic mouse on the front on the Protoss Nitro because just of that, yeah. like having to consciously not burn your finger is just it's bad. And it, and just so you know, it was designed with that in mind to, so that it was magnetic, so you didn't have to put your hand down there. Right. Um, so overall, are you pretty pleased with what uh, Ra has produced? Yeah, I mean he's he's done a great job. Um, you know, there's there's a few first run issues, and you know I'm sure Mike knows them all. There, so you know the first thing I ran into was I had to you know glue my liner in, and the liner um, you know is not quite thick enough in my opinion. So you know when you fly it, it engages a little late, although it's not really slipping on me yet. So I think it's a good, you know I, I kept the stock one on there, and I'm still flying the stock one. I posted a video today. I don't know if you saw it. Nitro Nation. Um, um, but yeah, it's still holding good. Um, but you know, like Daniel Moraine and other guys offer a service where they can put the, the brake liner in there for you and sure. give you like super amazing option. So that's one minor thing. The other is, um, the final plastics that ended up on the tank retention that holds the tank in is a really nice system. There's a top clamp and then, uh, there's like this uh, side grommet that like is supposed to be nice to the plastic tank and uh, stop it from riding. So the actual final material um that's on on that retainer it's like it's not like sandpaper but it's not like um smooth plastic it's kind of like it's composite plastic so composite plastic is slightly abrasive and then the the final tank that comes with the first batch of kits is pretty soft like you know if you compare it to an aligned tank i know it's like the similar material it's like pot or whatever they make stuff out of the name um but it's like it's a it seems softer than normal to me very supple and so you know you get 10 flights in you see the these plastic retention like cutting into it and so what i did on mine there's two ways to solve that i took like that you know that packing tape that has like the little strings through it yes so i put two two around the tank and then slid it in and just the just the tank being in holds the tape in place even the fuel gets on it and it kills the adhesive so I did that. That was a super easy fix. But what most people are doing, they're just buying the Align tank uh, grommets and taking out the plastic retention system completely. Mm. Um, but there's still an aluminum one on the top that clamps down, and and they're using the Align grommets. So yeah. um, that I'm not, I'm not sure that's fixed in the second batch. I think you'll even if you get a second batch, you'll need to do something about that. Okay. Yeah, I thought about. Uh, I haven't done it to mine yet. I'm still running the the stock configuration. Um, but I thought about taking the canopy edging that comes with like the SAB yep. canopies and yep. trying to, to make a grommet out of that if I can. Yeah, that works perfect too. And I, so, yeah, and I think um, a couple guys did that and posted about it in the forums um, or on Facebook and Nitro Nation. So you can do that too. Um, I did my, you know, packing tape move and like it's, you know, the tape edges are kind of coming loose because of the fuel, but it's, they're still perfectly secure and it stopped, it stopped the grinding. Right. Um, so that's one issue. Um, what else? Uh, there's, oh, and then uh, I, the tail control. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed the tail control rods a little. Yeah. So a little was, sloppy in there. Uh, one of our friends, Kenny Hutton, he's, he 3d printed out of this flexible material. He's like a little grommet almost the, that'll go in there and kind of dampen the vibration. Oh, that's really that, cool. Uh, that's going on in there. Yeah. So yeah. He, yeah. Sent me one today. I got it in the mail, so I'm going to try that out and see how that works. Yeah, the the prototype actually had two hooks on the on the carbon tail. It had a, excuse me, it had like a, a front hook that mm-hmm. grabbed that grabbed onto a little tighter, <clears throat> and then like a a back one that's like currently the same as what it is right now. And um and then it had like um Teflon heat shrink on you know to protect it, and oh, that okay. worked that worked fine on the prototype, and it didn't. 
it didn't have any uh, tendency to really resonate. So, you know, it wasn't a big vibration problem in that setup. But yeah, in the final one, it's just got the single retention. Um, and so I, you know, I, I put the Teflon on it. I'm not having any vibration problem. Like when I look at it in play, I don't see it moving. So I'm not, you know, I think, yeah, your, your friend's idea is really good. I'll, I'll buy one if he, if he makes it available, but, um, I'm happy with the stock with the Teflon. I'm not, you know, feeling like it's resonating or going to break or anything. So, um, yeah, it's working. Okay. So those are the issues. The only other thing is also the kits come with the black dampeners and, you know, if you're a 3d pilot, just get the red. Um, and the kit should really come with black for, you know, it's, it's a well-priced kit for 875, I think is retail, but, um, and actually that's, you got the price. That's another thing to change. Like when we were going to sell that thing, um, we were going to, we were basically going to have to include a brain two HD just to make the price seem more reasonable because, you know, because, you know, if you, if you develop a fly system, you know, the cost of electronics is like 40 bucks, right. To make a V bar or make a, a brain, right. It's, you know, it really, the rest is the software work and the margin. And so you know, that was one way MSH, they always packaged the fiber list in the kits because they couldn't get the manufacturing costs down low enough. So to add value to the kit, that was the only way to really do it because they had much better margin on the flybar list. So, um, so the original uh, Protos Nitro, when we were going to release it, was going to come with a Brain 2 HD, which, you know, pisses off 50% of the people. Um, and, you know, but it was a way to make the kit a value. Um, and, you know, oh, I don't want to sell it. I and mean, that was fair, but that was a way to get value in it. But it was going to be closer to like $1,100 kit. So raw got it down to, you know, like 875 which I think, you know, for the quality and level of kit that this thing is, that's like a really good price. Okay. Um, cool. So... Yeah, but it should come with the red dampeners in the kit, in my opinion. Like, I don't, I don't know that it will in batch two, but you know, when you get a kit like that, having to go, oh, it comes with the soft ones, and then go shop for them. Like, I just feel like for something that costs yeah. ten cents, it's just being the kit. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still running the black ones because I currently can't find the red ones anywhere. <laughs> so, That's, and so there's another thing, right? It's like, yeah, you know, I think raw, you know, it's got all the parts in stock, um, you know, in Asia. And, and the dealers don't have it yet. And so, you know, guys like you are buying the kits, starting to really enjoy it. And, and in the back of your head, you're like, shit, what if I crash? Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I bought another, you know, awesome Nitro that I have. And I almost, almost a, I mean, maybe not a year, almost a year before I got, I was able to get parts for that. Oof. And that really bugged me. And so, yeah. you know, but I think, you know, I talked to, I, I, you know, I've already like been damaged. I put a canopy through the blades of my, Proto-Nitro the other day, <laughs> which only, only put a little nick in the VTX blade. So I got, I've, I've destroyed, uh, annihilated helicopters with canopies going through blades before. So this one just turned into graffiti. So I was very happy about that. Um, and, you know, but actually I bought Tom Shin's canopy because he doesn't need nice. a canopy. <laughs> so he sold me his canopy. But um, yeah, so, so today I, you know, I, you know, I got to fly it with a you know, canopy. So if you see that flight, you know, say hi to Tom's canopy. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah. So um, anyway, I, I'm not sure what I was talking about on that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I think like the the rest of this, we're gonna kind of approach from almost like a review uh, point of view. Sure. So uh, we have some questions here. I don't know if Gucci wants to take this one here. Got it. It's simple. You ready for this one, Alex? Yeah. Is there ready. is there a printed manual or downloadable? Downloadable. Yeah, you get you get the little post-it in the box. Oh, okay. It's like, hey, you ought to go here and download the manual. And <laughs> I I like a printed manual. Now I will say, um, you know, to be frank, I own two Spectres, and I, I like that helicopter. You know, and I own two Krakens, and 
the helicopters I like, I buy multiples of. I own two Protoss Nitros now. Um, so, you know, um, the Spectre manual is absolute garbage. I don't know. I, I, are you, someone's going to hate me for saying that. But <laughs> no, it's you're like, right. It's so bad. I mean, I got the heli bill, and, but it's like, oh, what size bearing is that? I don't know. Like, if I need to replace it, what size is that? Like, so bad. It's like, right. and, and there's no excuse at this point. Like, like, there's been plenty of time to make that manual decent. So, first, you know, the Spectre is a good heli. It's like the ultimate beater at this point because it's cheap and it mm-hmm. flies good and it doesn't break on me. Well, okay, several parts broke, but they fixed those parts now. So, it's holding up fine now. And, um, you know, it's a good helicopter to just like really go nuts with. Um, super light. Uh, but man, like that manual is bad. So the good news is that the manual for the Protoss Nitro was developed by MSH, <laughs> proofread by me way back in the day. Um, and so, you know, it's been updated, you know, by, by raw since then, but it's a really, I still, I think it's a really nice manual. Yeah. I uh, noticed a big difference between the, uh, cause I, I have two specters as well. And I noticed a big difference between the manuals, uh, between the specter and the, yeah. the Protoss for sure. Let's hope that rubs off. I don't know. But like, you know, David would put detailed renderings in from all the different views. He would just spend a lot of time and care and, and writing the manuals. He thought it was really important. But, you know, they went digital as well in MSH um, just because, I don't know, they, they were especially I think it's justified if you're constantly updating it and making it better. Right. Then like, OK, you know, I'll, I really like it when I on my Krakens or my Black Nitros or all my Goblins. I've like owned every Goblin. Uh, my 570 i have like you know the goblin goblins everywhere um you know their manuals they come printed you can tell it's very important to them like they have set the absolute standard of manuals but that takes a ton of work yep. so i think not everyone is up to that standard um I- i'm hoping you know whatever specter 2 comes out you know that you know looks at that manual and says okay i'm going to do something that that good for the next heli so good yep. manual but you got to print it or you know or you know i just had it on the ipad so, but, uh, you know, I think it's worth printing. It's not too long. You know, you don't feel like you're, you know, killing trees or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so next thing we have here is packaging. So what's your thoughts on the packaging? And real quick, uh, I just want to point out that the, the carbon fiber that was in there is probably the nicest carbon fiber I've seen in a heli kit. And to see it wrapped with like, uh, this plastic cover sticky back, <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. Like each piece individually was wrapped by itself. Uh, it was crazy. I've never seen that before. So yeah. So you know what? Like you know, having gone through the exercise of you know, with uh, MSH to figure out packaging, raw is really good at it. Um, I was when I got the Protoss Nitro box, I was shocked how small it was. Like shocked. I was like, what? <laughs> like a tiny box? Because you know, when you when you like dealing with the logistics of shipping products, like you know, for the the main company and for the dealers, like, you know, there, there was a stupid free shipping thing. I, I call it stupid. I love it. We all love it. But reality is like margins are so slim, like that free shipping thing should have never started. And it was basically like a cold war. If you didn't do it, you didn't get the business. Right. And I, I don't remember who started it. It may have been Heli Direct or somebody, somebody started this free shipping thing and everyone else had to do it. And in my opinion, it's actually hurt the hobby because they're losing a lot of money shipping kits for free. And oh. and kits in general have the least margin. So you're forced to ship these kits, you know, for free and, and you're barely making any money. And now you're shipping it. So that really hurts all our hobby shops, to be honest. I wish that 
every single hobby shop in the world. And I'm not, as a hobbyist, I'm, I'm, I hate myself for saying this, but I wish they would just cut it out with the free shipping because it's, it actually would help the health of our hobby tremendously. So I don't know, just just my two cents. Like all of us hate that idea. Like, yeah, yeah go ahead and you know send me poop in a bag or whatever you need to do. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really hurting our hobby. Like I, I just don't like it. Like and having actually been on the other side and owning a business in the hobby and seeing how, like what the shipping losses are and the margins that we had like it's it's horrendous it's not good for the hobby but anyway it is what it is now because none of us will buy kits and pay for shipping like do you want to pay 40 bucks for shipping yeah you're gonna go buy it from the guy who gives you free shipping sure no tax no tax and free shipping um so it is what it is but yeah I, I was really impressed by the size of the box it was much smaller than the electric 700 box which means much cheaper to ship so that's you know contributing to the cost of this kit, getting it down by making it very compact, and uh, you know the canopy packing, like everything came in good shape, and it was just it's just robust packaging. It none of not fancy. Like you get it, you get a Kraken, and it's like you know, it's like you open the box, and it's like freaking you know football stadium lighting of how glorious everything looks in its packaging. <laughs> you know, it's glistening. It's got its you know, matte. <laughs> black metal you know and it's like swing this is sweet you know you get you, all all the all the mechanical porn you want when you open that box but and you don't get that with the protos nitro it's very it's very basic but incredibly effective so yeah that's kind of my opinion on the packaging i was i was very impressed like I, definitely you don't get the you know you don't you don't get the swing effect but um uh, you know it, your heli comes safe and the and just so you know the shipping is way cheaper for the dealers with that box so yeah that's I got the swing effect when I opened the canopy part of the box. Sweet. <laughs> that's always the first thing. Canopy comes out. Oh, yeah, stick it, we stick it on our head. That's like, that's <laughs> that, you know, the cano head ceremony. It's like every time. There it is. <laughs> so the, the funniest part about that, Alex, is I used to live like one street over from Kevin, right? So, you know, we did uh, reveals when we got a new kit. But then I moved away uh, to Ohio. So, you know, 10 hours away or whatever it is. But now we still do that when we get a new kit. It's like, okay, we got to do a reveal. And the first thing that comes out is usually the canopy. <laughs> That's right. The, can the, the, the canopy and the boom, like, let me see it. Like, Kevin will just get real close to the Facebook, you know, the FaceTime. Let me see that. Yeah. Oh, it's, so nice. it's like it's like this intimate moment it's like yeah. you, you and your canopy you're seeing it it's seeing you you know it's and, and either a bond happens and if that doesn't happen it's just like true disappointment <laughs> it's or, like or, it's like walk away gucci give me five minutes with your canopy i just need it's five like, minutes. you know she looked great when i looked at her on the app and now you know i'm looking at her in the eyes over the table and like damn it she's a liar mm. yeah she smiles and she's got summer teeth you know, <laughs> Tom Shin uh, is onto something. That's why he doesn't fly canopies. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the Protos canopy, man. I, I I put the shades down. I locked the door. <laughs> and I pulled that thing out. It was it was nice. Well, I'm glad the canopy did it for you, because so, I got the Drake, the Drake Nitro. So I'm happy. <laughs> I got a Drake Nitro too. Exact same. <laughs> Custom canopy too. I'd be, you know have him make it and ship it to me. Yeah. Um, that but yeah, did the work for me. <laughs> also, I'll say one other difference that I forgot. So, you know, the, the prototype canopies that they had made were quite heavy. And so uh, I don't know where Ron makes canopies, but um, but that sucker is freaking light. So, you know, like when you get a, a nitro weight is really king because, you know, you've got a limited power source. And, um, you know, that's why a lot of guys, you know, well, there's two reasons most like hardcore nitro guys don't use a canopy. 
you know, one is cooling. Like, motor runs cooler. It's better for the motor. You get more power. That's one. And two is weight. The lighter the nitro is, the better it flies. So, but definitely the Protus Nitro, you know, almost flies as good with the Canopy on. Like, it's close. That's awesome. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, Dan, since we're talking about the Canopy, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm glad that MSH was able, or XL was able to lighten up the Canopy a little bit, but I was a little bit disappointed that uh, they did not have the same material because I don't know what MSH made their canopies out of, but I still have my original Protos yellow canopy from my electric one that yeah. is like un- it's indestructible. I don't know what kind of material it is. Yeah, they were they were pretty they were pretty sporty. I mean, I broke I I crashed a lot of Proto seven hundreds. Uh, man, I have so many annihilation pictures of Proto seven hundreds. Like I have like a complete like directory of <laughs> annihilation photos and videos but um they were yeah they were they were good and um you know they were pretty thick and that is true i think you know but now now having put a proto nitro canopy through the blades i was very grateful <laughs> for, for the right? thickness of the material you know and actually i had the magnets on that one and if i hadn't had the magnets my blades would have been fine but i have a little you know, nick on, on the leading edge of one of my wow. btx yeah. blades but um That's yeah but i think point. it's yeah, but it it is very important that you don't put a heavy canopy on on a nitro because it right. will really hurt the flight performance. And uh, you know, weight is is important. And, and man, to me, the Protoss Nitro weight, the way it flies right now, is absolutely like magic. So yeah, I, I weighed cool. mine before we started the show, and it was like nine and a half pounds, I think, without that, yeah. fuel. Yeah. That's pretty. And good. to me, that's and that's with a battery. And do you have a backup battery on it too? Uh, no, no backup, but I didn't okay. take any consideration into trying to save weight when I chose components and stuff. So, oh, right, yeah, I mean, that's with the OS 105, the uh, Photos pipe. I forget you get the Photos pipe, Tune. yeah, the Pro Tune pipe. Yep, I've got one of those too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have the MRCI lightweight on mine, and uh, I love that that muffler. I mean, I think it's got you know, it's it makes I don't know, I haven't, I haven't owned. I think I own one Hattori, but it makes more power for me than the Hattori did. And uh, I, and I just fly OSs. I mean, I've tried to fly YSs, and I, like I almost quit Nitro. I just I'm too stupid to fly OS. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I can't figure it out. I don't know. If it, I, 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 and you know, this guy Garrett Oku. Um, wait, but you remember the Century helicopters? Yeah. Yeah. So he was their main pilot back then and serious gearhead and really good at tuning ys and i spent so many sessions with them and like just could not get my ys's running well and i bought the os 105 and like happy times so you know maybe 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 i'll figure it out someday or maybe this new uh this new carb carb os carb yeah yeah. thing that's i don't know maybe i'll try one i don't don't know but (laughs) well let me tell you this they call me the helen keller of ys tuning (laughs) <laughs> because I cannot find my way through it either, unless it's a ninety-one SRS. Oh, dude, I don't know. And and, and you know, and and so the guys I you know I flew with Kyle and Jesse Cabros, and, and they all like OS, and like, and I gotta you know, I gotta say with MRCI. I mean, you saw the the flight I posted today. I, I mean, I was like flogging her and on it, and it was and it was holding on and riding the pipe the whole time. You could hear, you know, I was loading it constantly, and it held on right. 
And I don't, I mean, maybe YS would do better. I don't know, but that, I mean, I'm really happy with what I'm getting out of it. And, and I'm at a point with it where I can do any maneuver that comes into my head. I, you know, I'm, I'm still having to fly it like a nitro. It doesn't have the electric, you know, ridiculousness, but like it, I, I, I'm not limited. I'm, I'm not like reducing my palette of flying because of it. And that's the number one thing. Like I have a lot of maneuvers. I like to do that heavily load the helicopter and my OS with MRCI pulls through all everything I, I can think of, you know, I might have to change the tempo a little cause it's, you know, it's not as crazy as electric, but like no problems, you know, with pure TikToks, no problems. Hang is perfect. You know, whatever I can do these like rolling funnels and things that really load up the cyclic and everything. And you know, no problem. So it, it's, I'm very happy. So I don't really have an itch to go to the YS. Like I'm pretty stoked with my setup. I just wanted to try it and, you know, force myself to quit nitro, but I'm still <laughs> hanging I'm still hanging on there. Um Sweet. but let, let's roll it back a little bit. Let's let's look at building, right? Um obviously you've you've gone through the process many of times, nitro included, right? What were the considerations given to the building process in the design phase that you kind of were part of? Like yeah. removing the tank, removing the engine for maintenance, you know? Did oh, you guys yeah. look at that? Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess if we're not talking about building the kit from scratch, but yeah, um, in terms of like serviceability, that was like a super high priority. Like we, it needed to be the minimum number of bolts to drop a motor because, especially if you fly YS, you're dropping that motor a lot. So you know, <laughs> so so you know, um, no one likes it when you have to like pull landing gear off and you got to pull this off and pull that off and then pull. So this one, you pop the shroud off, you pop this bottom bracket off and then, you know, like four, you know, four bolts from the side, super easy. The whole thing pops off with muffler still attached. Right. So, um, super nice to drop the motor on this thing. Um, the tank, um, to pop the tank out, which happens a lot. Um, if you, you know, want to service it, you want to check it for leaks or whatever, um, you pop off a, a top clamp that comes down on it to retain it. So it doesn't have any slop. And then, uh, with the current design, you know, if you keep the current design without replacing it with like the align gaskets, um, you know, it's got this like little part in the rear pops down the tank pops out so um tank comes out really easy and comes out from the side so there's no real finagling or difficulty um it it's designed to have the shortest fuel line possible i personally believe that having long fuel lines does nothing good for the system um and so you know that, that was part of what i liked about the align the part i didn't like about the align is that you end up with a clunk that's off to one side so it's quite difficult to get really symmetric um feeding from all corners of the tank so i'd say that's not you know i would give it a you know a b on that or i wouldn't give it a c. i don't really have any problems with fuel supply so i'm not going to give it a c but it would you know having a centrally located nipple like is really nice from a like a you know uh, a clunk perspective mm. but having the side clunk is not bad and what i just do is like and this is something that manual doesn't have like how long do you cut your clunk and you know sometimes i look in you know and the, the guy's got you know some kind of phallic syndrome and he has a super long clunk it's all folded up in there i'm <laughs> like dude <laughs> you don't need that long clunk. you want the clunk so it can't touch the backside, and so it can move around freely you know so um yeah, then that's not in the manual but i think that's you know a tip that Right. People definitely need to know how how long to make their clunk. So uh, yeah, serviceability is really high, and uh, the part count is very low in the helicopter. So um, you know, in terms of crashing, flying, rebuilding, I think it's about as good as you can really get without making a total plastic shell out of a model. So um, and generally, you know, I've, I've crashed a Protoss Nitro six times, something like that. 
and uh, once or twice I've taken out a boom. It really depends how you crash. Um, you know, generally I haven't messed up the frame. Uh, that certainly can be a concern because you've rigid mounted this boom. But you know, depending on how you crash, I'm sure you could damage the frame, the top frame, which you know it's pretty easy to replace. You can replace the side frames without pulling servos out. So you know, if you've had one of the recent nitros and you've had to like replace parts, you got to pull every servo out. Like you want to just punch yourself in the ball. So um, in this one, you know, you just pull the frame straight off. Um, and it's very easy to, to, if you crack a frame, to deal with it. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, and, and then wiring. So, you know, it's designed to have all the wiring up front very tightly clustered. I think you know, with Nitro, especially for me, like having to do long wire runs freaks me out. You've got vibration, you've got fuel, you've got, you know, wires that want to come unplugged, you know, you got to glue everything. So when you wire this helicopter, you'll notice all the wiring just comes up to a very compact area in the front. The battery, the fly barless, and the servos wire all up to the front. Um, the tail servos up front, the throttles up front. So like wiring is just like, I don't know how Mike feels, like super easy, all clustered up front. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty simple. Yeah, so really nice to wire. Like, you don't have to spend a lot of time on it. That's yep. why I'm working on the uh, black nitro now, and I'm I'm trying to figure out the you know the, what's the best extension I could do. Yeah, for all the power from the front all the way to the back, you know. Yeah. And they give you like a rail or whatever, you know, they give you ways to do it. And the, the Kraken really improved on that, um, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I just want it all up front and that's the most protected, least fuely area too. And so it was very important for us to get it all up front. And, you know, cause if you looked at the electric, it was in the back, you know, the fly wireless, right. but in nitro, I don't want my fly barless near the exhaust. I don't mm-hmm. want my tail servo near the exhaust. I don't want anything near the exhaust if I can prevent it, right? Not that you aren't going to get it up front, but you're getting a lot more of the juices in the back, so. Right, especially if you run a canopy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely helps. So, and and I, you know, know, I've flown my production kit a lot now, and I have no wetness in the front, so I'm I'm happy. Uh, So, from the prototype model to the production model, was there any, like, major differences you felt like flight characteristic wise or did it feel pretty close to the same way lighter <laughs> like, way lighter yeah way lighter i mean the the prototype i had like i said was like 10.3 um which and it had prototypes so it was going to be lighter in production um you know the final numbers who knows you know before raw got to it uh raw got a lot out i would say raw probably if we were to fictitiously think what the production kit would have been without raw, I think he probably got 250 grams out on his own beyond what the production was going to be, um, which is a lot. So um, maybe, you know, maybe less, but you know, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, a point in a nitro, you get to a certain, and, and the, the, the prototype felt really good, like really solid. And I flew it with 717 VTX uh, quite a bit. And, it, you know, it, it's same weight as a black nitro. So it wasn't like it was heavy. Like I love my black nitro, super fun helicopter. Right? I love flying it under the lights at night at a fun fly. Um, super fun. But I mean, when you start getting into that nine and a half and you got that power band with the nitro, it starts like taking on a new magic, like just, it's like a wow moment. It's like what I had with my logo when I first flew it. It's mm-hmm. like, wow. Like it just like opens up the window of maneuvers to you. Um, Cause you don't, you know, you just can do more with it. And then the float becomes ridiculous. You can do just sick autos. And so, you know, it's like maidening my Protoss Nitro, I, I, it just, it flew like a giant logo, but like, you know, but had like a totally, like, you know, had a very different head and tail feel. Sure. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, I love it. So it, it really locked in. It felt 
because it's so light and the weight distribution change, like, I don't know what it is, but my, my prototype has the most ridiculous locked in disc feel. Like it just, it's crazy good feeling to me. I don't know how you felt about it, Mike, but um, it has like an amazing feel. Well, Mike, tell us about your, uh, what did you think about the fly characteristics compared to some of the other nitros that you've flown? Uh, so I'm, I'm, pretty much on the same page as, as Alex, the, the light, the disc loading and stuff is, is amazing on it. Um, and I was coming from the, the goblin black nitro, which is, uh, it's not a heavy model, but it's, it's heavier than what I like to have in a nitro model. Um, I mean, my all time favorite nitro was the V one 700 N. Yeah. So that, I mean, not to, until this model came out, nothing beat that. You know, nothing even compared to that. And after flying the, the Protoss Nitro, I think I can go without flying the V1 700 again. Uh, it's Wow, it's that's saying crazy. a lot. Because that's, yeah, that's the classic, you know, the, the right servo positions and weight distribution and all that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm only running the spin blades, the 685 spin blades. So I can't even imagine putting, you know, uh, above 700 millimeter blades on there. Should try it. It's like magic the way it Yeah, I have up. I have some VTX seven seventeen sitting here that I might throw on there uh this weekend and give it a give it a whirl and see what it's like. But um, uh, I went I went back to six ninety six of mine I'm, I'm experimenting, but I put the seven seventeens on and I really liked it. I, I mean it has crazy pop and I was I run mine at twenty fifty. So mm-hmm. I, I was it was it's really cool. And then the float you get in autos is just it's sick. So yeah, try it. You may or may not like it, but it's yeah, it's cool that you can experiment with it. Yeah, definitely got to try it. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's 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 an amazing model. Uh, definitely happy with the purchase. And I don't think that, you know, it's it's pretty much what I've been looking for. You know, a, a nitro with no boom supports to fall off and go through the blades. It's belted so you can beat the tail <laughs> blades off the ground. Um, I mean, it's it, it, and if I can run the cheaper tail boom, because I like to, to smash the tail in the ground pretty often so (laughs) if i can uh have a cheaper tail boom solution then you know it's uh, nothing beats it in my opinion so yeah which you can i think it'll add a little weight and uh, but i think the cg will be okay yeah Uh, it it might it it will be more tail heavy but i don't think it'll be too bad nice yeah Uh, you you try that when you try that let me know how the cg works out and that yeah how much weight it adds Yep, as soon as I can get my hands on one, those are still hard to come by these days, too. So Yeah, and I think uh, I heard A-Main's getting parts very soon. Oh, cool. And, uh, oh, nice. so, so I think, you know, and you know, with Nitro, Nitros are my beaters, and I take them out at Fun Flies to, like, go nuts and have a good time. So, you know, it's absolutely essential that we have a good part supply where I can get parts quickly. So, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping A-Main goes all in on this. You know, I think, you know, as long as it, it really, a lot of it depends on if, you know, Jason wants to fly it and 13 pilots, you know, fall in love with it. And so hopefully, you know, they get their hands on it and love it and start carrying it. And I, I did hear they're getting the parts. So That's awesome. Very cool. So uh, final question we got for you, Alex. Um, so how does it feel to finally see this model? This seemed like the model that just didn't want to just didn't want to happen for the longest time. Uh, so to finally see it in production, I mean, that's got to feel good to you, no? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't I don't like harness like, you know, uh, bad memories of all of the MSA stuff. I mean, it kinda, you know, went sideways, but it's like I kind of knew it was coming. And so, um, you know, I got myself into what, you know, 
a calculated price is one way to put it. And so, yeah, to see this out there and really, you know, I put a lot of time and I tested the snot out of it and uh, marketed the heck out of it. And, you know, they're still using all of the marketing stuff I generated back then because, you know, I put a lot of money and effort into, you know, I just have a certain taste in what marketing needs to look like and be. And I put you know time and money into that and it's, I'm happy they're u- reusing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. And I mean, what, but what really means the most is that do people like it? Right. Cause I never got to know that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like, I liked it. I really loved it, but do people like it. I mean, you know, does Mike like it? Does whoever like it, you know, uh, does Daniel like it? Does Tom like it? I'm really curious, right? Like, what do they think? And, and you know, I want their honest opinion. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, flying the, the final thing right now, and I've now put a lot, a lot of tanks through it. Uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm so biased. People think I'm full of shit, but like, I really feel like it's the best nitro on the market. I haven't owned all of them. So I, I haven't owned the uh, Diablo nitro. I haven't, you know, but I, you know, I do have, a lot of nitros and I love, I love nitros. I have a lot of great nitros, but I feel like I have the whole package where I can, I can, you know, it's, in, it's inexpensive. It's amazing. It's light. It's a, you, know, you get a, you know, 700, you get, you know, the full 700 parts everywhere. You get like a crazy robust tail. It looks great. It's huge in the air. The auto's amazing. So it's like, I don't, you know, it, there are weaknesses in it. I'm not saying it, you know, it's like the boom is stupid expensive. It's like 110 bucks. Right. So that's a deterrent. But, you know, like you said, you could put the old one on it if you want. Um, so, you know, it's got stuff like that and it's got the first batch issues. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, more people decide to give it a shot and, and you know, fall in love with it the way I have. Um, but, yeah, it's really it means a lot to me. You know, and if people hate it, too, it's like, OK, I learned something. Like, what did, did I just do something really stupid? But, you know, I. I think it's an amazing model, um, and I think it caters to the most hardcore people in our hobby, and uh, and and you know those people, those are the people that mean the most to me, and their opinions mean the most to me. So you know, I, like hopefully they're happy with it. And I think every time a new nitro hits the market, it's almost like a manufacturer gave a gift to us, right? Because they know they're not going to sell that many. Right, they, right, right. You know they're not going to make money. They're basically just trying to make us happy. So I, I feel really bad anytime I have something negative to say about a nitro that you know from whatever manufacturer. Like you want to give them the feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, are they? But at the same time, it's like you know they're almost doing us a favor. But we got to give them the feedback, right? Like, oh, this kind of sucked. That kind of sucked. Could you fix that? Um, but at the same time, I'm incredibly appreciative. I mean, you know, I've got a black nitro. I've got an N five five six. Um, you know, I've got a logo, um, I've got the Protoss Nitro and, and, and I'm, I feel fortunate for having them. Right. So it's like, I love flying them and the day I can't buy fuel, it sucks, you know, if it, it can't get nitro, but you know, there is something really important about, you know, when someone goes deep into this hobby and gets a nitro and starts to fly them and get into it, it it's a big part of our hobby. It's, it's. Um, it's uh, the more hobby hobby part of our hobby if you know what i mean and sure. um and at events it, they're really special to watch because okay you've got this live engine and this is coming from a guy that owns two electric cars right <laughs> you know <laughs> I, it's not like you know i love electric cars because acceleration is like a rail gun that's just stupid fun it's like a go-kart but i mean you know it, it, there's just something great about them and graceful and when you're you know into the flying you know having the smoke and the growl and the, the power system that responds to you and, you know, tells you if you're doing good and then getting the right tune. It's like very rewarding, you know, having one flying well, it's almost like you've achieved something, right? Where people come up like, damn, everything's going nuts. 
it's like you know it's like an achievement to get your nitro flying that well right and and when it goes wrong it goes wrong like the the intense misery you get with a nitro is what makes the reward so sweet right for those for those amazing flights those amazing times you get an event you know the nitro rewards you with that and it'll likewise it'll punish you to death um you know when things start going wrong and so that's why i own a lot of nitro so the ones that punish me get thrown in a paper bag so i feel like dealing with them (laughs) (laughs) yeah it might end up in a paper bag whether i have to (laughs) deal with them or not yeah that's why like i have like three os motors so it's like i at least have one flying well while i rework the other ones or whatever there you go Yeah. yeah well cool uh is there anything that you would like to add to this that we haven't covered alex uh, well, I, I just want to give a shout out to Rob Cherry because I just bought one of his charger cases. Oh, nice. uh, I, don't if, I don't know if you saw, uh, is IFX is the new company name? I think it's IFX. I wasn't even uh, aware. So go ahead and tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Colorful yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's, I here, I'm looking at the picture of mine. It's sick. Um, IPX, IFX. I, uh, looks like an F. I'm going to go with IFX. Sorry, Rob, if it's IPX. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, he's basically has a partnership with Matt Bodos, and um, they decided to make some incredibly high-end charging cases, but they're still reasonably priced. And basically, what they're selling you is pretty much a, a kit to build your own case, and they're they're doing like incredible machine decks, uh, which can be out of like Delrin or carbon fiber, and they have some really innovative like printed parts to it. Um, I don't have a way to show this to you. But uh, I don't know if, you know, Rob Cherry, there was a thread recently in um, RC Heli Hangout where they showed a bunch of the pictures of these cases. So go check them out. But um, one of the really cool features, and I can't you know, show you a picture of this, but they've integrated uh, a way to hang your packs on the lid. And they've uh, flipped the orientation of uh, the balance boards and the, the charging ports to the top of the chargers. The chargers are near the front. And so you basically hang your packs off of these this foldable deck that pops off the lid because i don't know if you've you've owned these charger cases it's always a pain to find a spot to put your packs yeah so they've integrated that into the lid it's super cool yeah um and so they're just wicked looking charging cases and really well designed i really appreciated it so um like i think i'm one of the first real customers that uh, isn't on one of the team guys so shout out to him so he's been sending me pictures of my new charger case so very cool yeah put it up on the uh the flight box let let us see it okay yeah i'll put it up there yeah very cool all right uh gucci uh yard sale you guys got anything else uh no the only question i have is if somebody wanted to get a hold of you uh how could they do that yeah easiest way on uh facebook alex rc so that's my 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 rc heli facebook page um or you know user account so you can just grab me through there that's the easiest way on heli freak i'm on the snap but you know I don't frequent it that often but if you pm me through there um but yeah i just i used to be huge on the forums but not not so much lately but you can still shoot me a pm there and i'll get back to you very cool well alex uh we thank you very very much for coming on this evening and and talking about you know protos then and now and uh man can't thank you enough for for joining us and we appreciate all the information that you brought to us tonight well thanks for having me like i had a great time so any any time i love i love uh, just hanging out so whenever uh, you're bored give me a call yeah well we'll we'll have to do a uh all in depth fly barless uh 
you know, episode with you because unfortunately the listeners didn't get to hear that part, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think it'd be a lot of fun to, to sort of really deep dive into that with you because there was a lot of good information. So yeah, that'd be fun. Sounds yeah. awesome. Very cool. All righty, sir. Well, thank you very much, man. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks Alex. Alex. Well, that's a pretty amazing uh, interview with Alex Rose. I got to tell you, um, it really goes to show, you know, just his involvement that he's had. So, uh, you know, with the brain and of course, Protos. And uh, so he's, he, he definitely has a passion for the hobby. That's for sure. I mean, honestly, it was, it was a pleasure to have him on the show just because not only we discussed an awesome new model that we have to the market, but we got a little bit of the, how long of a time between the thought, just a small seed to being in production. So we see it takes a lot yeah. and we thank him for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to see somebody who puts so much work into something and invested so much time into something to actually be able to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To have his very own now and uh, to see it hit production. Yeah. 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 So very cool. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into some email here. Uh, if you guys would like to get in touch with us, maybe you want to be an average Joe. Maybe you got uh, some questions you want answered, show ideas. Hit us up. We would love to hear from you. And you can get us at theheliheadsshow at gmail.com. And uh, Mike, how else can they uh, follow us? The other ways you guys can follow us is by liking our Facebook page. And you can subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes. Nice. So uh, how about we recognize some podcasters there, Gucci? All right. First in the line, right behind uh, the number one show, which is us, is Free Fall RC <laughs> Podcast. What? That's not true? <laughs> no? Did I miss something? <laughs> See, Scott agrees. <laughs> now, Free Fall RC Podcast. Um, what a you know a great group of guys they you know do helis airplanes uh they even throw in uh, the occasional 3d printing and movie quotes huh movie reviews it's i love all it there yeah yeah speaking of movie reviews we've been watching the uh marvel movies in what do you call it chronological order is that right uh so you watch them in a certain sequence as, as they were meant to be have you guys ever done that no man you need a hobby oh damn <laughs> sorry <laughs> you need to get some helis flying Jesus. Yeah, we need to get, i'm about to send you a helicopter man. this is getting bad oh jeez, i thought that was gonna go a different direction oh well so uh we got telerotor podcast who is heli focused very technical and uh you know shaggy makes it happen i think it's shaggy Shaggy's he's the number one guy there, right? Gummy worms. <laughs> uh, who else we got? Uh, of course, we have the BK podcast, which is have they've been MIA for a little while, and he they promised might, uh, us an episode. He did. He he doesn't come through, man. We hey. might have to bump him down to the archived list. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, Kyle, Stacy, pay attention. We need a show, buddy. <laughs> We need a show. Listen, yeah. listen, leave Kyle alone. He was actually putting together my order today. Yeah, was he? He's busy putting mints in the boxes. Yeah. Well, putting the get order together for you could be tiring. 
<laughs> so, yeah, but make sure you guys check those out. That's Burke Hammer and Kyle Stacy, and uh, they like to rant and shamelessly plug their SAB products. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So uh, let's go to uh, how about some skids up? Yeah. Skids up. You know, Helly's uh, only. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I think. Uh, they also do, they like to do it raw sometimes, you mm. know, raw. Yes. Mm. Got over here. Yeah, I got a good, uh, good friend, Javi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he emailed us. Uh, I'm going to email him back. I, I need to. Um, but uh, it's just been kind of hectic. But I'll, I'll get to you, buddy. Don't worry. All right. What's so, next? 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 All right. So uh, the this next one is going to be because, hard. Because, you know, Scott is not here. I'll take it. All right. Let's do your I'll best. Take, all right. Here we go. You ready? Inverted down under. Ooh. And you'd be really smart to listen to that one, right? Only if your name's Jeff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been really Jeff slack. Schmatt. Yeah, I've been really slack. There's actually a couple podcasts. It, uh, poor Freefall. I, I'm totally behind on them right now. But uh, Inverted has a new one out. Um, I forget what it's called, but I think it was like episode seven, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was. Um, but uh, at any rate, they have a new one out there. Go check them out. Good stuff, man. You guys are doing a good job. And, uh, of course, another good one is... Uh, who is that there, Mike? Uh, Houdini RC Heli Podcast. <laughs> that was my So these guys are, are the new kids on the block still, uh, but they're killing it, man. They're They're... Yeah. On what uh, episode seven? Yeah, or they call it. They don't call it episodes. What do they call them? Chapter, chapter, chapter yes. seven. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's gonna be a novel. Yep, <laughs> chapter <laughs> yeah. seven. So if you guys haven't checked them out, they're worth a listen. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've got uh, RC Roundtable, who are primarily airplane uh, centric. You know, that's what they do. They talk about planes. So, moving right along, we have uh, archived podcasts. So, if you want to dig back and listen to Alex Rose from way back when, when he was a wee tyke in the hobby, we have RC Today Show, which you can find that one at rctodayshow.com. It is, uh, of course, heli-centric, but they do talk airplanes, and, of course, they do branch out into some other RC disciplines, but... uh, but I think helis are primarily their home. So uh, go out there and check it out. Go go listen to some interviews of Alex way, way back when. And uh, that'd be a good time. So uh, what else we got? Nice. Gucci, wh- what do we got next? Uh, should we even mention the godfathers of RC Heli podcasts? Hell yeah, yeah we should. Uh, their name is RCHN 2.0. Boom. Get it, get it right. <laughs> so yeah, they're on iTunes now? Yep. Yep. So get them on iTunes. Yeah. And the last archive podcast is Mike. RC Heli Hooligans. Hmm. Still missing an action. Club Scorpion. Club Light's Scorpion. been out for a long time. <laughs> mm. Yep. Oh, God. So they cool are. To, the... It would be cool to hear those guys again. It would. Yeah. It would. For sure. For sure. All right. Who wants to take this next one? Uh, we're jumping into our video personalities here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I remember this channel. I know I've seen it before. Yeah. Did you go blind? Uh, Did you go blind right after you saw it? The first video or something? You know, I, I might have. 
Mm. I might have because I went blind with pleasure because my eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) You got so excited. You just so well. Mm. Yep. Somebody rubbed your retinas. Yep. Yep. Rubbed them raw. Mm. And his name was Bill Ann. Yes. Yep. Go ahead and check out Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Absolutely. He's uh does coverage of heli events and sometimes knitting. Oh, really? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Mm, knitting. I, awesome. I think he forgets to turn the camera off. Mm. So it's usually like uh, at the end of the heli video. Oh, it's like a oh. it's like a um what do you call that at the end? It's um a special feature. Yeah, some pe- like we call it mm. Easter egg. Easter like egg. Easter yes. egg. Yeah, you get, okay. the camera gets kind of <laughs> tossed around a little bit, shuffled, and then all of a sudden he sets it on the dashboard of his car and he's sitting there knitting the last last week he did a sweater on his lunch mm-hmm. hour. Yeah, yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't believe it. Nice. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Mhm. What what if what if we wanted to, you know, there's some uh, one of our listeners is brand new to the hobby and they're just going through the motions of learning how to fly. What should they uh, look for? For a pool school, no. Mm, that well, <sighs> I mean, I'm we're sorry. still waiting I'm for sorry. input. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. If they want to learn how to do real maneuvers, Kevin. Oh, okay. Right. That's true. That's true. Not not that whirliger stuff. Yeah. That, whirliger. You know, not that, yeah. Like not that. that Scott's school ascend stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Full send. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Who more like entry level? Okay. I, entry level. Right. I say you should look up uh, Simone Zunter's absolutely um, YouTube, and she has a new series that she's working on. Yeah. Which is uh, learn how to fly with Simone. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love it. How about that? And. Uh, Hold on a second. I, I'm going to lead into this one, Kevin. Oh, okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. Now, if you want to see Kevin scare everybody on the other side that's watching a video. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> not for my flying. It's for my face. Yeah, I know. It's, it's uh, even, I don't know what's worse. The flying yeah, through scare my phone. or the face scare. I know? hit play and went, shit, through my phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, man. in all serious, seriousness, um, we should uh, tune into RC Speed Racer, which mm-hmm. is Bob Heister's YouTube channel. Dominion. And the latest, yeah, and the latest video that he posted was the tandem flight of Scott Graham and Kevin, the Skids McGrady. Yeah, at highly CHO. Highly anticipated. It finally yeah. made it. Yeah, and guess yeah. what? You know, you survived that flight with Scott. That was pretty amazing. It <laughs> got close. Yeah, that We're just like- might be the only footage. Of you two flying and not crashing. Yeah, right. True. In yeah, the we're same like, we're, video. We're like we're like algebra, you know. You know two, rare two, that two, is? Wrong, two wrongs make it right. <laughs> <laughs> now it's it's awesome, and I'm glad you know because every time Bob goes to an event, he usually gets at least a couple of videos in, which is awesome. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. good dude. That's it. All I have. I'm okay. Done. All right. Well. Speaking of events, uh, what do we got here? Let's see. We're going to move right in. And uh, the first one on the list here is the trio of, of events. And we have the F3C, F3N competition in uh, Goldsboro, North Carolina, hosted by Robert Monty. And uh, that is on June 26th through the 28th. And Scott is a sissy. 
<laughs> and just just as a side note, um, these are happening probably. <laughs> I think he's cussing you out right now. Oh, he probably is. He probably is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the old country now. <laughs> whoa, whoa. We're hitting high notes. Now he's, he's really mad. I, I think that pissed. was the middle finger. He's pissed. Yeah. We had to oh, put man. him back on ice. But um, <laughs> just as a side note, I think these three events th- that we're going to mention here in the beginning are happening right before we release this episode, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, maybe make a note for next year. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, just a heads up on that one. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. But they are really good events. Um course moving right along we have dragonfly which i think a lot of people are attending this year if you haven't ever been to dragonfly you need to go and of course as you know gucci mentioned this will air afterwards but uh it also is june 26th through the 28th and um what's that next one there that's up in what was that canada i think it's canada damn right it is yeah Heck yep, yeah that's that's uh canada ohio heli throwdown mm. <laughs> yeah yep Mm-hmm. Yep, it's in uh, it's in the British Columbia yeah. area, yep. but yep. south. Yeah, head up there and, and uh, you know, warm up while you eat a nice plate of uh, gravy and fries. <laughs> and <laughs> I think we do have some Canadian oh. uh, helicopter blades hanging up on uh, in the shed, right? Apparently, Mike? it's so cold up we there. Do. Apparently, it's so cold that when you go through a drive-through, you get someone's attention by flashing your lights at them. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Mm. And, and they bring and you out Canadian bacon. Mm. <laughs> Get Canadian it. bacon. Yeah, that's sucks. a good point, Daniel, that uh we do actually have some helicopter blades in the wall of shame from a Canadian. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, they Grace. made sure they left it. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Grace uh I might butcher her last name, but Grace Almedia. Almedia. Mm. Oh yeah. That's yeah. what it is. I yeah. saw, saw that name uh, just uh, today, in fact. Yep. But, uh, yeah, maybe Darren needs to come down and hang out with you guys, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'll show him how real Canadians party. Mm. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we might even have a special guest. We have a special guest. <laughs> so yeah, we do. We'll we'll talk about it. Let's, it's Gucci's, uh, Gucci's wadded up Kraken. We're gonna use it for kindling for the fire Saturday no, night. So. There it is. It's, it's too happy right now. It's got a tail shake. You know, he can't. He just can't wait for the next yeah. fun fly. Well, you put that Miley Cyrus mod in there. <laughs> I really hope that maybe there will be, you know, a dance off. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Ooh. Because that might you know, actually happen because we got that some needs time. to happen because we've been dragging this on long enough. You know. I'm writing it in the calendar. It's it's getting put into the event schedule right now. It has now. to happen. Nice. Yep. Yep. We're gonna give you your own half hour. So wear your dancing <laughs> shoes. All right. What's next? What you got, Kevin? Oh, it's, no. You're uh, gonna say it. I'm gonna, gonna say it. it. You're gonna uh, say it. Do I say it like you or do I say it like me? Cojones. Helles. Helles a cholach. Helles a cojones. Cojoles, mm, uh, yes. Helis at Cholos, and I don't even know if that's correct, but we'll go with it. That's going to be June 26th through the 28th, but it's going to be on the West Coast, San Diego. Boom. That's right. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, ask, the main, and the main event. We should ask Alex how to say that. Mm. 
Maybe. Mm-hmm. So and then the, the main event there. for the year. Yeah, that's the Mike. big one. That is, of course, the International Remote Controlled Helicopter Association Jamboree. Mm. Mm. What are the dates? Urcha Jamboree. That is August fifth through the ninth, and it is their thirty-first anniversary. So if you are down in the slumps from the COVID. Put your mask on, grab your helicopter, grab your transmitter, come on out to Muncie, Indiana. We're going to be there breaking blades all week long. And I expect to see all of my southern brethren to be there. You know who you are? Brandon Cooper? You know who you are. You're going to be there. Doc, Ben, Scott, Eric, Zach, Kyle. You know who you are. Scott. Mike. Scott. 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 Scott better be there. Or, he sounded wishy-washy last he's week. He's always wishy-washy, but, you know, who he'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that, in at the end of August, we have Ray City Rotor Fest in Mooresville, North Carolina. And those dates are August 21st to the 23rd. Nice. And uh, the Heliman is... Uh, I guess, hosting that event, right? Mm. And then after that one, we have the Queen City uh, Heli Throwdown. Mm. And that's going to be at the Charlotte Aeromodelers Club in Monroe, North Carolina. Very cool. And that's September 11th and September 12th. Nice. But I'm sure, uh, I'm hoping, since he's local, our good friend Fence Post, doesn't just blow into the wind and then show up to that event. <laughs> and yeah, that's all hosted by him. I hope he makes it. Mm-mm-mm. You and never know. You never know with yeah. that guy. Well, and then finally we have. Mm. Go ahead. The fall mow down uh, in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And that's going to be September 24th through the 27th yeah that's my and birthday my birthday that's your birthday weekend happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> i should be there because it's my birthday yeah <laughs> but according to mike that's the event to go to yeah that yep. is yeah we haven't been to that one we should maybe it's one of it many events to go to yeah <laughs> but you need to graduate to it oh is that right that's right you need I'm to go to the ohio heli throwdown first mm. Get your certificate, and then you're allowed to go to Virginia. Well, <laughs> you get like a token. Oh, yeah, you get your token. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what we have. Awesome. All right, well, let's hit some parting words and get the heck out of here. Gucci, what do you got? Mm, hashtag first fun fly of the year. Ooh, I like By that the, one. Yeah. Hashtag 50 size nitro 2020.5 by now. So that's (laughs) it. That's it? You mean 55 size nitro, right? Uh, 50. We'll we'll just go. We'll Uh, generalize. 50s. I don't like that. You don't like that? What what you got? What you were running with this weekend? OS 55 nitro 2020. (laughs) We got, of course, get your ass out and fly. We got a new one here, Nitro in My Veins. 
And of course, we can't forget the El Quipo Esfinter. Socio. So, I'm going to one up Mike because that's what Ooh. I do. And we're going to say hashtag 56 Nitro 2020. Uh, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> if you could get a running. Oh, right. Say Wait, hashtag what? sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning my regulator with my gummy worms. <laughs> yeah. Give me a minute. I got to clean my regulator. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. And of course, our boy K-Dub, send it till you end it. And uh, of course, I will depart with... Pop them breakers. <laughs> Too old for hold. And last but not least, keep it sloppy in the rear. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode number 23 with Alex Rose talking Protos. We'll catch you guys next time. See you later. It's sloppy. There's no way you could actually get burnt. Is this queer? Is this queer? <laughs> what about these? Are these queer? <laughs> oh, shit. Come on, talk into the mic. <laughs> I got a backup mic right here for you. Testing, testing. That's a space peanut. <laughs> <laughs> what you got there? The big old frozen chunk of poopy. That's a big chunk of poopy. Call them Boeing bombs. <laughs> he does his teeth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this year's an atom bomb. You go uh, get me them records, and you show me them boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I hit it. It goes bang. <laughs> I freaking love. You that mean movie. to tell me standing here owning a fireworks stand? You don't got no husker do's, husker don'ts. Whistling kitty chasers. With or without the scooter stick. With or stick. without the scooter stick. Or one screaming you know, scream- meme. <laughs> yeah, screaming <laughs> buttholes. Uh, no, because I would never do that. Well, <laughs> you're going to you stand will. here and tell me. All I have is snakes and sparklers. Shove an M80 ah. up a bullfrog's ass. You. <laughs> I'm going to get you, Mr. Penguin. Right. Stop looking at me, Schwan. <laughs> <laughs> I see what's going on here, Mr. Penguin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that chicken, that movie is so freaking hot.
for Veronica Vaughn. It doesn't matter what time, right? <laughs> Miss Veronica Vaughn, sure hot. Want to touch the Yes. <laughs> How about you, sideburns? You want some of this milk? <laughs> oh, toil <Doyle> rules. <laughs> And clean the hair. Conditioner is better. I need the hair silky and smooth. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? What's hey, going Alex? on, man? Ah, oh, not much. How you doing? Pretty good. Hey, Trying to get so this clown ship on tracks. <laughs> Watching. Playing some Billy Madison movie quotes. <laughs> Sweet. Sorry about that. My bad. Yeah. Now we we were tearing up through the intro that we do, and I'm like, well, let's give him a call. So yeah, Kevin's fighting a yeast infection, so he's making funny noises over there. Nice. Yeah, I heard. I heard that's contagious. So yeah. yeah. Look out. yeah. <laughs> just the Corona well, that's why version. Scott's not here. Yeah. <laughs> he got so, yeah, just, yeah. So was the bottle a bit much? <laughs> I, don't know. I think it was pretty damn funny. Uh, Scott's going to be like, oh great, everybody thinks I have a blown out butthole now. <laughs> blown out butthole! <laughs> <laughs> oh, freaking blooper from hell. <laughs> It's going to be like, well, that's that's what happens when you miss the show. I missed right. two months and you guys were just going crazy yeah. on me. Can't fucking show up with a flat donut. <laughs> you you want to add Alex? Yeah, we have a special guest for you. Oh, dude, we killed that one last night. The whole time we were working on our helis, <laughs> we have a problem. We have a muffler. <laughs> oh shit! And more power, baby. 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 Bored and stroked out to make. Are you serious, dude? Nah, come on. It's hard as episode. Yeah, dude. Go ahead. More power, baby! Yeah! Do it with me! More power, baby! Everybody! More power, baby! You wanna know what the biggest difference was? More power? You got dang right, more power! More power, baby! 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 More power, baby!